Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us here for our Season 24 finale. It is Episode 240, Monday, September 20th, 2021, and we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, and I am joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, diddy. It's the finale, Mike. This is it. This is it. That's it. There's no more. Oh, we're done? Yeah, this is is the last show. We've been canceled, folks, so we uh, appreciate all of your support over... No, we'll be back, obviously. Yeah, I'm just... We're just It's a joke. Josh. Just just a little... Just a little Josh. Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for not joshing and being with us here to start your week off right we're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as we always do. And we have some topics in store for you. But before we get to that, just want to remind you of a couple of the housekeeping features. Mm-hmm. Got to keep a house. Got to keep a good got, house. Got to keep all that house. That's right. So you can keep your house first and foremost by following us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You get daily wrestling posts, an occasional clip here and there. Gifts. We have them. They're new. You we, ever heard we, of them? We've invented them. We invented <laughs> Gift.com. Yeah. It says OV, copyright OVP yeah. podcast at the bottom of that. It site. does. No, that's true. And you can see it over on Twitter at OVP podcast. This is a drama free wrestling fun zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> wrestling fun zone. It's true. Anyway, Twitter at OVP podcast. You can also email us if you want to at OVP podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk to you and me, and they might want to talk to over 1,200 other retro wrestling fanatics, where can they do that? Over at Facebook.com slash GIFs. Oh, yeah. Because we invented them. Yeah, remember? It's a site where they talk about the development and um, set up and how how to work all the GIFs. Promulgation of GIFs, if you will. Yeah. And how do you get there? The search bar on the Facebook site, right? They got one of those. You type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gork, kaflooey. And you hit the join group and you're in. And you're in. And the only thing you're agreeing to over on our group, folks, is one rule. One rule only, which is don't be what? A uh, dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all that means is, look, we understand you have your opinions about wrestling. So do we. And we understand that sometimes people get really worked up about their opinions, really passionate. And that's fine, too. And people disagree. The only thing we ask you is don't be a jerk off about it. Right. <laughs> don't, we don't like that. Don't be mean about it. Uh-huh. No personal attacks. No, you know, stuff like that. Disagree. Debate. Have fun doing it. Just keep it light. Keep it keep it mm-hmm. simple, stupid. Yeah. yeah. It is the simplest. That's all we're talking about. But that's over on Facebook. Have fun there, really. You can join the group and you might find it to be a good time. And also, one more thing. We do have extra content available, and that's at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We do this to give back to the people that want to support us. And you can get on our Patreon, the 1984 Canon, and the WWF pay-per-view reviews out right now. Survivor Series 93, and in just a few short weeks, Michael, we're starting a new year. You're really looking forward to Royal Rumble 94. Oh, yeah. We don't have to talk about 1993 anymore. That's what that means to <laughs> there me. You go. So, uh, if, if you want to hear us talk about every WWF pay-per-view from 1985 onward, you can do it at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn? Yes. It's time to get into the segment portion. Yes, the segment portion of the show. Yes, that's what we do here. The first one. The first segment, yes. First segment portion specifically. So all season long, we've been talking about people in wrestling 
that you wouldn't find on someone's Mount Rushmore necessarily, or maybe listed as the greatest of all time right. or something, you know? Not them. People such as Barry Darso. Mm-hmm. We have talked about Jimmy Hart, for example, as a songwriter. Right. We talked about Paul Bearer as a manager. Talked about Don Morocco last week. We are talking about the people that might be overlooked, underappreciated, not discussed as much, but those that contributed in some way, shape, or form to our enjoyment of wrestling in the 80s and 90s. We are talking about the unsung heroes. And this being the finale, we had some ideas. There's a lot of people we really like that we could passionately talk about for 20, 30 minutes, right? This is true. But here's someone that we never talk about that we both agree is an unsung hero. And that person is Ted Turner. We just want to be as successful as Vince is. And then we'd like to, you know, kick his butt. Ted Turner. <laughs> he was an asshole. He was a deck and Vince McMahon was better. <laughs> so Ted Turner obviously did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about his involvement with wrestling. But just to give you a quick recap of him, he was the guy that owned a WCW from 1988 until a while later and was really Vince McMahon's toughest competition when it comes to promoting wrestling. But how did all that start? He was born the son of a billboard magnate, if you will. Like magnate. A, a magnate. Yeah. I don't know about tycoon. Let's yeah. not go crazy. But he was a magnate. Okay. What, 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 what does that entail? Just, just like, do you think that's like a huge fortune? I think there's somewhat of, of money there. Something yes. to get started, but nothing much more than that. Probably. It was like an advertising business, let's call okay. it, right? And Ted Turner became involved in that, went off to college. And around 1969, 1970, he got involved with a local TV station in Atlanta, wound up buying it, and renamed it WTCG, Turner Communications Group. Okay. This is WTCG Television Atlanta. Later on, renamed to WTBS, Turner Broadcasting System, right? From Turner Broadcasting System, you're watching Superstation WTBS. One of the programs that he had on his little station in Atlanta was Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah, Georgia Championship Wrestling, a a great little program back in the day, which would eventually become, you know, like WWE Saturday Night or World Championship, whatever you want to call it. It was that. That's like the legacy show. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very, very much indeed, and welcome to another hour of Georgia Championship Wrestling, and this hour is jam-packed full of action, I can assure you of that. And then in the mid-70s, TBS became the first ever national superstation. Right, due to cable. And it became a cable station. And then that show, Georgia Championship Wrestling, well, someone else bought the entire company, Georgia Championship Wrestling, in 1984. Thank you. It is indeed a pleasure to be associated with WTBS, and we promise to bring you the greatest in professional wrestling entertainment in the world today. And Vince purchased the entire promotion specifically so he could have the time slot, right? right. I, so, own the, I own the territory. Yes. I get the time slot. So he decides, I'm going to put on the worst fucking shit possible on this. <laughs> it's going to be like this crappy show with the opening matches from like <laughs> our house shows or whatever, and it's bad. It's, it's got Jesse the body on it, and got it's Alexi just Smirnoff like on wrestling. It. It's just awful. And then let. Honestly, and I don't blame the fans of this show. They were like, what is this shit? I don't blame like, them either. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is this? It's like we used to have Ric Flair and the Road Warriors right. and stuff. And now we have to watch like fat Dick Murdoch <laughs> wrestle. Like, you and know, Jesse Ventura. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like in, in like an empty nothing. Like, yeah. It's like this sucks. Dick Murdoch, another right hand into Carlo in the corner. And it did suck. It's yeah. a terrible program. Yeah, it really is. More WWF people. Yeah, Yeah, we we love WWF, but 
Who owned the station still? Well, that would still be Ted Turner. So indirectly, Vince McMahon kind of has to deal with Ted Turner, right? Right. And Ted Turner really wants Vince to fucking sell this shit. Yeah, he's like, what is this crap? <laughs> right. We're like, we're trying to run a business of a television station right. here. Who wants to advertise during this? Because Ted Turner loved his wrestling. Yeah. He did. He, he liked it. I don't know how yeah. much of a big fan he was in terms of watching programming all the time, but he liked it. They he got liked- a lot of angry letters to the yeah. station, too, right. specifically. Not to Vince, to, yeah, the, to station. the station. Like, yeah. why are you airing this? <laughs> this is awful. So... Finally, in March of 1985, some nine months later, because Vince bought it in July of 84, Vince McMahon sells the time slot, not the promotion. He folded that promotion, right? You know, that didn't I mean, exist they, anymore. They didn't, it wasn't really there anyway. Yeah. Right. So he sells a time slot to Jim Crockett Jr., who was expanding his reach. He was the Mid-Atlantic Territory, not Georgia, but the Mid-Atlantic Territory in the Carolinas. Specifically for like $1 million or something, right? I believe it was $1 million, and, yes. And Crockett likes to say he that funded WrestleMania because it was about the exact same time they paid him. Pretty good business plan, obviously. Yeah. That was Vince's plan all along. But one way or another, this kicks off a feud between Ted Turner and Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon is petty. Yeah, no shit. And Vince McMahon does not like to be insulted or audited or, or, or told that like his that. wrestling stunk compared to what was there before. Right. So Vince is obviously trying to do his thing and grow his promotion out of the Northeast. At the same time, Jim Crockett Jr. is trying to grow Mid-Atlantic wrestling out of the Mid-Atlantic region. Ted Turner is the one that airs the Mid-Atlantic programming. Yeah, Ted Turner's kind of off on the side while yeah. this is going on, right? right. The, the interim years between right. uh, the bad pickup or whatever yep. and, and Crockett and what selling it. Yeah. yeah. So Ted Turner obviously owns TBS. At, at the same time, he owns TNT. I'm dynamite! He started CNN. He, he does a lot of things. He owns the Braves. He, he owns the Hawks, right? Yeah. He's got a lot of things going on here. But one of the things he owns is WTBS. Now, Jim Crockett Promotions tries to compete with Vince. Mm -hmm. We know that. Vince shuts them out on pay-per-view by basically running a pay-per-view out of nowhere called Survivor Series against Starcade. Another great concept. (laughs) Right? He runs a fucking free Royal Rumble show on USA out of nowhere against Bunkhouse Stampede, right? Mm -hmm. Crockett, of course, fires back, putting Clash of Champions against WrestleMania 4. Which I thought was a hilariously good (laughs) counter. It's like, here's a pay-per-view on TV. Fuck you, Vince. Fuck you, right? It's like... What I don't know. Like I thought these two actually were good at battling each other. The Cro- Crockett and Vince. Yes. Because Crockett actually was he would do some stuff that would like would be like, well, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. And like it would work. Yeah, it did yeah. work. Yeah. They killed WrestleMania 4. They yeah. took a big hit because of that. Yeah. Good. But anyway, as 1988 goes on, it becomes apparent that Crockett is they're not managing their money well over there. Right. They're there, bleeding money. There were some problems with an accountant and like not <laughs> communicating to the management actually how much money they had and they were just caught by surprise one day yeah. when they were just out of money. <laughs> we're out of money, Jimmy, or whatever. And they're like, what? Excuse- you were, this is your job. And the guy like ran away or something. <laughs> like I was like, whoa, okay. Good times down there in the 80s, That's huh? just bad luck. That's like that's like a 1980s story because that's like something they always put in movies. <laughs> like the accountant that like ran away with all their money. Yeah, I know, like, right? That's like, so stereotypical. And it actually happened to them. It did. Yeah. So Ted Turner buys Jim Crockett Promotions, changes the name to World Championship Wrestling. Well, I guess changes the name or like his new thing was called that, whatever. The show was called that. So he said, why don't we just call the company this basically, right? That's what people know it as. Exactly. World Championship Wrestling has always been one of our most popular programs. So Ted Turner buys it in late 88 and he has various people 
to run the actual day-to-day of the company. And we know some of them, obviously Jim Hurd, most infamously, mm-hmm. I'd say, right? From like 89 to 91, Pizza Hut Man. Yeah. Tried a lot of things to compete with Vince McMahon, what they were doing, but that was not going to work because Southern audience, a different band, different wrestlers. Then Kip Allen Fry comes in for a period of time in 91, 92. Eh, you know, not yeah. not much better. I, I consider these like the wilderness years of WWE. Pretty much. Where they were like, Ted Turner was trying to find the right person to like run this company. Yeah. Right. Because he did let the Crockett's run it initially or something. Like, I, wasn't there like, he was like, oh, go run it. And like, that's why Dave Crockett stayed and stuff like that. Yeah. I think Dave Crockett was there for years, but I don't know how much influence he had. You right. Know? They talk about that. It was yeah. very quickly, but yeah. like, then they just started searching for people. Yes. Then they stumbled upon Bill Watts. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And even though, listen, I know that Watts did a lot of good things in Mid-South. I know that he did. I know he was a great promoter down there, and he did know what he was doing. It wasn't going to work to compete against the WWF nationally. It I wasn't don't a think. national strategy. That's all. And then he gets fired for reasons that we don't need to get into. And here comes Eric Bischoff. Now, Eric- the unlikeliest, yes. like, of all. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Championship Wrestling right here on ESPN. The former AWA announcer yeah. who really used car could have sold or, anything. So, yeah, it, he, he was an executive, right? Yeah. But he was, he was slick. You know what I think Eric, why Eric Bischoff worked so well is because he could do the executive thing, like, where he could, like, campaign in the boardroom and politically maneuver in there. Yep. But... He also, because he kind of got his start with wrestling, he knew wrestling he knew too. Enough, yeah. So it was like he was kind of this perfect. You're not going to find a lot of people like that, right? You, you know can what imagine I mean? Bill Watts in a boardroom, right? Exactly. Or Jim Hurd might be great in a boardroom, but doesn't know dick about wrestling. As much as the wrestling people hated Bischoff, he was the right guy for that position. Let's see what Bischoff did. Even though the creative of '93 is widely ridiculed and rightfully so, there's a lot of stupid stuff there. Might still be a on par with WWF's 93 anyway, but... Everything was stupid <laughs> right. in 1993. Okay, guys, let's go back and play some volleyball. Let's go have some fun. Eric Bischoff was able to finally get WCW to turn a profit for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, you're Ted Turner, right? You're first and foremost a businessman, not a wrestling fan. So although he kept it on, even though it was always operating in the red, right? Yeah. Imagine how happy he is that this young guy that he brought in to run it is turning a profit now. And this starts the gears wrong. Like, well, what can we do to really compete with Vincent? What can we do to be better than the WWF, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the biggest star in wrestling in North America, anyway, probably. Hulk Hogan's available. Right. Let's fucking get him. Hulkster, this kind of a reception in this great city, what does it feel like? Well, you know something, Mean Gene, this has got to be the greatest day in Hulk Hogan's wrestling career. Let's put him against Ric Flair. WWF didn't do that. They fucked up. <laughs> yeah. They had it. They didn't do it. Hey, Randy Savage wants to wrestle again? Yep. Let's get him. Yeah. The Macho Man, Randy Savage. Welcome to Atlanta. Ooh, yeah! I mean, these were, like, very obvious moves, but also, like, Vince just, this he threw a fucking gasket. Oh, yeah. It's like, it was like... He how, threw a gasket. Yeah, he threw it. He broke a gasket, whatever you want to say. <laughs> he flipped out. He said, you know what? <laughs> Fuck these guys, basically. Like, he was so mad. (laughs) Like, how dare they sign wrestlers from another promotion? How dare they do what I did? That's what it is. But let's... let's... How dare they make me have to try? Like... (laughs) As I've said to you before. But that's true. Though. Yeah. It's like, what, have you seen what WWF was putting out in 93, 94? It's like Vince doesn't understand how mo- most businesses have to compete with other businesses. Yeah. And there's 
it's not like that. How like, dare Pepsi put out soda? Yeah, you know, it's not and like a commercial. Coke, like goes on go, goes on a documentary about soda every couple of years and says these damn damn idiots they they how dare they make other soda? Who would why would you make a competing soda? Like wouldn't that just hurt you? You know, like well, imagine if Coke came on the air and said like, it, like it's so stupid. So. What we have, obviously, and everyone knows this, is Vince McMahon is not good in these situations. Now, despite signing Randy Savage out of Memphis in 1985, despite signing Hulk Hogan away from the AWA in 1983, Ted Turner's simply doing the same things. And then they're able to, hey, I own a network called TNT. Mm-hmm. Why don't we put a program on it directly opposite the WWF's Yeah, program? Monday night seems to be a very popular right. night for wrestling, right? Night, and you know what? I always thought that they why they waited until like 1995 or whatever. Because they got confident in, the, in their own product. They yeah, said, they you know what? we think this is like good enough to yeah. be like better than WF, right? We right. want to go one-on-one. Right. Because that's the only way we're going to prove to Vince. Like, that was actually their motive was like, it's the only way to prove to wrestling fans that we're just as good as they are. Yeah. Because that was their big problem. They had Hulk and stuff. But they still had this like connotation like they're lesser. Right. Right. And WWF took every opportunity to try to remind its fans of that too. Like, yeah. oh, about all the wrestle, wrestling, you know? Yeah. But- they got Hogan, they got Savage, they got their own homegrown guys, like obviously Ric Flair, they got Sting, they got mm-hmm. Big Van Vader. They're bringing in guys like Brutus Beefcake that are familiar to fans. That's why they do it, right? Yeah. Because well, of Hogan. Earthquake comes right. in, right? Nasty Boys, Honky Tonk Man. You got all these people mm-hmm. that are familiar, right? And then they launch Nitro, and we know what happens there with Lex Luger. Oh, what? what in the hell is he doing here? And we know what happens in 1996 with The Outsiders. And it goes on from there, but let's go back to Ted Turner, okay? He is vilified by WWF during this period of time. Yeah, because it's it's considered all his fault, right? (laughs) Right. Like, how dare they? Vince never acknowledges Bischoff in any of these. Remember, it's always like Ted Turner directly, right? Because to Vince, that's the real... Yeah. It's all because of that phone call or whatever where Ted's like, I'm getting into the business or whatever. Wrestling business. But Vince, I guarantee you was not as like yokily and like as vince says it is you know that's like him embellishing of course as we'll see later on in this show about other things okay yeah, like, there's no way it was like that it was probably like ted's like i'm getting into wrestling and the way he just says wrestling is wrestling yeah. and vince is like that's great re- ted. really embellishing yeah. it <laughs> fucking ridiculous but you know the billionaire ted skits for example listen they're not even funny on a cursory like viewing like it's it's stupid right right making fun of the huckster the nacho man fun. i get it ha ha yeah ha 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 this but, made wwf look bad yeah they did it for like three months and then it's they do horrible they, like, petty my favorite part petty. is vince russo's in it as just some, <laughs> some stooge or whatever how about uncut uncensored uncooked yeah jeff what jeff who was that guy that i played what was that we did the thing with the 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 the, the nacho man where i did my monotone voice or I, whatever I, I looked fat bro I had, <laughs> I, had, I had a bad mustache bro it was the 90s i gotta be honest with you but anyway okay back to ted turner any retrospective things said by WWF about WCW or Ted Turner is exactly what Quinn was saying. Like, how dare they? He didn't understand what right. he was doing. Right. He's a complete idiot. They have all this money. We're the little guy. In a binary sense, is that true? Yes. Does Ted Turner have a lot more money than Vince during that time? Yes. But still, that doesn't excuse Vince from acting like a child about it. You could have more money than the competition. But if the competition has a market share of like 80% or something like at the beginning... Like, it's real. Like, WWF yeah. was, like, 
completely dominant in that market. They were. In wrestling in general. To people, WWF meant wrestling into the 90s. And that's, you know? what, and that's what I mean is like he acts like Ted Turner didn't have to like or at least hire people and they had to like try and yeah. stuff like and speaking of vince having to hire people to make his show good we watched all of 82 we watched all of 83 all of the guys coming into 84 now are the ones that are making it good yeah roddy piper hulk hogan paul orndorff guys like that how are you going to make your company good if you don't hire people right like, you know the good wrestlers good bookers or yeah. whatever you got to do right you need to have good people i mean aew obviously doing a very similar thing right now bringing in cm punk a notable name bringing in daniel bryan daniel bryan danielson whatever you want to call him a notable name right chris and, jericho and various others i mean like yeah, yeah it, it's it's actually interesting i love that that has come up in the last because that's been very i feel like finally like the modern fan is seeing this is taste. what Ted Turner did. Yeah, a, like, a taste and, of it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and he's kind of the model for, like, how do you compete with the big machine that yeah. is the WWE, right? You got to get the big names. Got to get the big names. You got to get the people, or you got to get people that people really, really want to see that WWF right. has, like, not pushed. Because that's, like, the CM Punk thing, that feels more like the Macho Man thing, right? Yeah. It's more parallel it's to like it. It's macho. like somebody that they won't give you. Yeah. Because they have had a problem with him right. or whatever, right? And he was disgruntled and didn't yeah. want to wrestle. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the whole fucking Monday night head-to-head thing, I know Vince is just being butthurt about that when he complains about it, but, like, really, he's the one that put Survivor Series directly against Starcade. Right. It's just such a blatant hypocrisy. So the casual fan that maybe wasn't around for all of this or doesn't care about any of it, they watch these WWF Monday Night War masturbatory things that, you know, that are on mm -hmm. Peacock and the network, and you'd think that Ted Turner was this evil empire. Right. And Vince is like this innocent little victim. And it all changed when Triple H rode a fucking tank, mm -hmm. you know, near WCW's arena or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> that didn't matter. Right. They pulled up to the door or <laughs> yeah. something. I don't know. They yelled at a door. And and and, and the guy, the, the security guy is like, could you leave, please? Right. Like, he does, probably doesn't even work for WCW. He probably works for the arena. <laughs> right. Like, I'm going to call the cops on you all. Yeah, yeah, you don't get out of here. Yeah, all like, right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Let me tell you what it's like in Stanford. The building is huge. It's like 15 stories. It's got a big WWF sign on the top of it, which is a lot better than this. This is horrendous. But really, Ted Turner was just trying to run a successful business against a very successful business. And he did that using tactics that are generally accepted when it comes to running a business, from what I understand, which is you make yourself competitive. Right. You market. You do run head to head. You do compete. And you know what? Vince just couldn't take it that the other product was winning for a few years. Now, did WCW fall apart? Yes. Yeah, I think it's interesting why yes. what it coincided with. So the first thing is actually the Time Warner merger with Turner Broadcasting Systems. Right. This is 1996. This reduces Ted Turner's power, but because Nitro is such a hot show, it's like doing bigger ratings than it ever has for TV. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. To, to they're, WCW, they're least. fine because the company is profitable yep. and it's making money. Even though Turner has less influence, he's still around, right? Then the botched merger of all time mm -hmm. in 2000, which is officially approved in January of 2001. I want to get that timeline established. Yeah. January of 01. This is where AOL <laughs> merges with Time Warner. AOL, notable, very big company today. Right. It's, it's a very, everyone knows AOL, oh, yeah. right? Everyone gets their internet from them, Definitely. right? Definitely. <laughs> 
This is, and you can look into this, folks, but this was a very horrible merger for everyone a, involved. It's a perfect example of a company that has no business buying a much larger company, doing it, and then really fucking up so bad that the merged company ends up selling the company that bought it yeah. because it's so shitty. It's so shit. It was. It went it, bad for everyone, it folks. Bubble, right? Bubble, folks. The That's bubble. what a bubble, uh, the dot com bubble will yep. do. Yep. But it's January of two thousand one. For a long time now. WCW has been losing money again on a regular basis mm -hmm. without Ted Turner there to save it. There's really no business reason to keep it on the air. Could they have? Yeah. And would they have maybe absorbed it and tried to turn things around? Sure. But they didn't want to, mm -hmm. they didn't want to keep this programming on the air anymore. So in March of 2001, they canceled the programming and Vince McMahon is able to buy the company and its assets uh, for a very low price. Cause it's worthless without TV. Correct. But why does this make Ted Turner an unsung hero? A lot of reasons, in my opinion, Quinn. One is because from the 70s until he bought, you know, even JCP, this gave fans of, you know, Southern wrestling, and I mean that in a good way. I'm saying that in a complimentary way. Seriously. Mm -hmm. It gave them a place to watch it. Yeah. Turner Broadcasting says The right, style that they liked. Right. The booking style. The, the booking style and the in-ring style, too, because yeah. it is different, right? The presentation, the storylines. That's all because Ted Turner wanted that on his show. Right. Wanted, wanted that on his station. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple, right? Whether it made money or not, it was there. Then he buys a falling company, JCP, who, by the way, went on to have one of their most critically acclaimed years in 1989 right. from like a wrestling standpoint. You know what yeah, I mean? From a, from a creative standpoint, they, Ted Turner got in when it was hot. Yeah. yeah. When they were at the peak. Yep. It fell again in the early 90s, but he didn't get rid of it. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And because Ted Turner allowed Eric Bischoff to have these ideas, to make these decisions, to bring these people in for those first few years, you know, 94, 95, 96, it made WWF have to fucking try, yeah. like you said. And it gave the fans something exciting again. Because I sat through 1995. It stunk. It's bad. But over on WW, it wasn't bad. It was fresh. It was yeah. fresh. Yeah. You know? At I least at the end of the year when Nitro started. Yeah. I sat through the first eight, nine months of 96, mm -hmm. where it's just awful, like the new rockers and the body Donna's skipping zip version. This is really what they thought was like the best. <laughs> Davey that, Boy Smith, main eventer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Camp Cornette. <laughs> Meanwhile, in WCW, it's like Hulk Hogan in the NWO <laughs> yeah. and like this shit rules. It's different. Like, Sting's like, got dark face paint, uh, yeah. dark hair now. What is yep. he doing? It feels like there's like a war going on, which right. is more reflective of what fans think of wrestling. Right. You know? And it set off a great 1997 for both companies, although I like WWF's better, but WCW's was really, really hot. I think they they went on a tear from about ninety four to ninety eight. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's like their their the, the four years of like WCW at its peak. I would say so. You know, I would say so. It started rising in ninety four, really hit in ninety six, ninety seven, and then started coming down around ninety eight. Yes, yeah, I agree with exactly. you. Exactly. But Ted Turner, just because he loved his wrestling and wanted the wrestling on his program, is an unsung hero for that. Yes, he's vilified by WWE. I don't know if that's if that's fair, though. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? I don't think it's fair. He's the only one ever to truly accomplish the feat of being number one while Vince exists. Yeah, as far like, as I know. He's the only one to do it. It's the longest sustained at the top. It, for, like I said, from 90, 94 to 98, like it's it's kind of the best shit out there. Yeah. It's never been matched since Vince has existed since 1984 or whatever. No since one, Hulk Hogan was in WWF. No one has ever gotten their company 
on the same level that Vince did with the WWF in the WWF's golden era of like 85 to 90, let's call it, mm-hmm. where they were everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? They were everywhere and the TV ratings they did and the merchandising and the commercials and the crossovers and, you know, appearing on talk shows. WCW was the only other company that pulled that off. Now, it, I think it's, you know, I'm glad, again, going back to today, I'm so glad that this might happen with the new company, AEW, only because yeah. I feel like there's a lot of fans out there who just never really experienced it. And they, they, you know, we older guys now talk about WCW like, oh man, it was like, like it's it, a relic. It was like, it was like, it was competitive, right? Yeah. And stuff. And it was like, you know, there was just as much WCW merchandise as there was WBF. And I don't think that's really understood. Now we just sound like, oh, come on. Like Vince McMahon has always been the best or whatever. But like, I think we're in the dawning of like, people get to see this again, right? Yeah. Because it really was wild and it drove wrestling to be higher than it ever was and that's to me the most important part is what Ted Turner accomplished right two that, really hot companies yeah if both of them are really good at the same time eventually like it becomes this arms race where both fans are like, like fans of, of just wrestling in general are jumping to both and like, yeah. what's going on Watching over here both, what's right. happening over there and then they they want to know how each of them are going to respond to each other yeah. and like it's just they want to know which star is going to jump to which company and blah, like yeah. when when there's competition it's great it's usually very healthy yeah it really is and it's good for the fans i mean the general like from a business perspective once they were directing uh, directly competing on the same night that opened the door for like both companies exploded yeah that's what ted turner did yeah that, by saying we're going to compete it on paper it looks like well they'll both split audiences yeah. and it will be shitty but what actually what happened in practice is more people were like What's going on over here? This is weird. There's nothing like this on TV where there's two companies putting on a show at the same time and they're like, fuck you from across (laughs) the like channels, right? They're like, they're literally like the the one on the other channel. Don't turn. They stink (laughs) or whatever, right? Like you don't see that like dancing with the stars doesn't say that about whatever's on at the same time on Fox, right? They're like, fuck American Idol. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't work like that. Like usually. So this was like, nobody had seen anything like this. Really? That's a great analogy. No, but you're right. I think that's true. I think for elevating the competition and making both companies better, uh, Ted Turner's an unsung hero. And I also think for all the fans of WCW, NWA, you know, Crockett era of the late eighties and things like that, Ted Turner kind of came in and, and buoyed, buoyed, buoyed. I said, the promotion there and let things happen. So Ted Turner, we know you're vilified by the WWE, right? But you know what? You are this week's unsung hero folks. Let us know what you think about Ted Turner and what it did, what his keeping the wrestling on did for the business. You can let us know that of course on Twitter at OVP podcast. You can shoot us an email or you can join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it's time for the final flush. The final one. Two more names, folks, are left in the tank for the worst celebrities in wrestling. We're going to pull them out. We're going to see where they rank. The Royal Flush is coming up right after this. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Butane in my veins and a mouth that kept the chuggy with the plastic eyeballs. Spray paint the vegetables, dog food skulls with the beefcake pantyhose. This is not a monopoly deal. You, you've got uh, competition out there for the players, for the arenas, and everything else. That's what it's supposed to be. Mr. McMahon wasn't entitled to a monopoly position in this uh, wrestling game. When contracts are up, people are free agents. We've been on the map for so long. We have been 
hammer lock, sucker punched, beat up, jumped on, stomped out, chairs broken over our heads, all the wrestling stuff by Vince for so long. But when I decided to do something, I stick with it. I wanted to go on Monday night because I wanted to go head to head with Vince. I wanted to compete and see how we did. You can't beat anybody unless you get into the ring with them. And now back to the best wrestling podcast no one's ever heard of. OVP. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for the Season 24 finale, episode 240 here on Monday, September 20th, 2021. Hope you're doing all right out there. Quinn, yes, got a Patreon. We do. Now, we don't do this for some kind of get-rich-quick type of thing. No, we, that's not why. Not, no, no, no. We don't like to feel like people are ripped off or anything like that. We want to really give them yeah, the money's worth. want to give them, give them all the things. We really do. And all the things you can get, folks, over at patreon.com slash podcast is only going to cost you 2 or $5 a month. We try to make it as affordable as possible. And on the $2 tier, you're going to get the 1984 Canon. And really what this is, to make it very simple, we started watching every WWF Championship Wrestling in order, in real time. You know, we watch it. You can watch it with us on video or just listen to the audio. We started all the way back in 1982. Well, we are now in March of 1984. It's a really fun time. It's kind of like watching wrestling with your friends. Mm -hmm. That's literally the point of the show. Yeah, it's one hour. It's, it's, it's just for fun. It's but, for fun. It's the most fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. And it's an hour. It comes out every Friday and again, video or audio form. And we're going to keep going. Eventually, it'll be in the 1985 canon. And then the 1986 canon. And then 1987 canon. And then the 2001 canon. And then the 2007 canon. Yeah. Anyway, so sign up for that. That's on the $2 tier. Or if you want everything, you can go to the $5 tier. That's going to give you the canon and going to give you the pay-per-view reviews that we mentioned. Right now, it's Survivor Series 93. Farewell to Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was fun. Ew. <laughs> so <there's laughs> he weenie slapped him. He weenie slapped him. There's a lot of funnies over there. And if you want to hear what we think of every WWF pay-per-view, it's on the $5 tier, starting at the first WrestleMania, all the way up to Survivor Series. These are full-length shows. We're talking three, three and a half hours. Good time is had by all. People seem to really like them. So check that out. So again, that's if you want to support us. We've been doing this for five years. Maybe you like us. Maybe you've been listening for all five years. Maybe you've been listening for a few days. We mm -hmm. don't know. But if you want more stuff and you want to support OVP, just go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Michael. Yes. The final flush. The final one. This is it. Yeah. We're going to definitively find out what is the worst shit possible. That's <laughs> exactly. With celebrities, at with, least. With celebrities. Now, we did the final rankings last week. And in case anyone is listening for the first time, what are the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush. Well, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. You do that on our Facebook group. And then we take all of your votes, we compile them, and we put them into two separate tanks. One for the best, one for the worst. We alternate each week, we pull two names out of the time, and we rank them. That way, by the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive, certified, ordained, baptized, non-GMO, USDA certified, organic, and healthy. Best and worst celebrities in wrestling of all time. Like we said, Quinn, the best is done. We did it last week. It. But there's eight names on the board right now for the worst celebrities in wrestling. Why don't we run them down? At number one, how much does this fellow weigh? <laughs> Art Donovan. Horrible. <laughs> number two, David Arquetta. Very close, too. Yeah, well, he was a champion. Yeah. Number three. That's a little bit better than Art Donovan, I guess. <laughs> is it? Uh, number three, Herb. <laughs> Herb. Number four, Clara Peller. Where's the beef? I don't know. Where's the microphone? Claire Peller. Claire. Uh, number five, 
It's a doll. It's Chucky. Yep. Number six, Robocop. <laughs> I call this the fictional character section of the <laughs> Chucky and Robocop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number seven, speaking of fictional characters, Jay Leno. Yes. <laughs> Jay Leno. And number eight, never ever say a bad word about her. It, it is really Susan St. James. She's I so good. I don't know good. why people are so mad about her. She lives up to her name. Yep. Damn it. She is a saint. Anyway. And she is James. She is very James. Yeah. Those are the eight on the board right now. Quinn, we've been talking about celebrities all season long. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, um, you know, how famous they were or not, but that plays a part, yeah. right? I mean, that certainly matters. But it's more of what were they hired to do? How well did they do it? Mm-hmm. And was it good for business or bad, right? What was so, the point of it? Yeah, what yeah. was the point of it? Yeah. It's a lot of different uh, factors go into making up our criteria, and we're going to be ranking the final two. So I think with that said, Quinn, if you're ready, so am I. You want to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush? Let's go down. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal. Coming up next is the Money in the Bank ladder match. Claire Peller. Uh-oh. For a guy who never shuts up, you sure don't have much to say, mean Gene. Well, not... Sting has been tased by the horseman, but here comes Robocop, Bob. Can you tell me we just didn't see Kevin Federline beat John Cena? And Jay Leno, full on dragon twist. Another one. It's the final flush of celebrities in wrestling and. The toilets. It's the last one. It's getting a little. That's true. It's getting a little hairy. Yeah. So we have been talking all season long about the good and the bad. Like I said, we've got eight on the board. This is anyone's toilet here, Quinn. Anyone's. Yeah. Anyone's shitter. Yeah. We don't don't really know. It could be anyone coming out, folks. And you guys have been waiting. You've been waiting all season for this. This is going to be the best day of your life. This is it. (laughs) So without any further ado, we've run them down. Let's find out who drew. Number nine. Well, certainly, Kevin Petaline is a man that evokes a great deal of emotion from all of us. Hey, Quinn. Mm-hmm. I thought you had to be a celebrity to get on this list. <sighs> yeah, remember this guy? Kevin Federline, K-Fed. Yeah, he's so famous. He joined the wrestling fed uh, yeah. for a little bit, but yeah, Kevin Federline, good Lord. Remember well, him? That's, that's like a... You know, that's one of those things where in I Love the 2000s, you're going to yeah. see like Michael Ian Black or somebody on there like making fun this, of him. This guy's so not even a celebrity that this is the thing. This is this is the part of it where they just like he doesn't even get a segment. He just comes up and passing yeah. like about Britney. They'll be like, remember when Britney Spears was good? Remember when she dated that slob or yeah. whatever or whatever his name was? Like he, <sighs> like the, the media hated this guy for some reason, which well, is probably not fair. No, it, the media is very cruel sometimes. Yeah, like, but let's Let's get into who this guy is in case you did forget. Maybe you do remember. But anyway, Kevin Federline is best known, perhaps only known, for his uh, his two-ish three-year marriage to Britney Spears. Who cares? Uh, which began in 2004. Yeah. The reason the media hated him is because at the time, he was actually with uh, another actress named Shar Jackson. And when they separated, she was still pregnant. So the media kind of pounced on that. See, I didn't know what his prehistory was. It was like all of a sudden it was like P. 
People magazine says Kevin Federline's a jerk because yeah. he married Britney Spears. And I'm like, okay. Now, I don't know because I'm not related to them in any way. I never talked to them. Yeah. I don't know if Char Jackson was 100% fine with it and said, yeah, go ahead and, and date Britney Spears. I don't care. I don't know. It's Hollywood. It's a little complicated over there. Yeah, it's a little a little bit different than the lives we live. Yeah. It's tiny, yeah, a little, it's a little tiny, tiny different. Tiny, yeah. Well, Kevin Federline, probably not much now. But mm-hmm. anyway, he marries Britney Spears in 2004. Now, Britney Spears... There's a lot going on with her currently, but we're not here to talk about that. But she was still very, very famous and popular in the mid-2000s. I'd say she still is. Oh, she still is. But you know what I'm saying. She had this whole period of time. This is her peak, if you will. Yeah, maybe the end of it, but yes. So she marries Kevin Federline. A lot of people accuse him of being a gold digger because Mm -hmm. basically he's this aspiring rapper. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of those. Well, I mean, (laughs) Britney Spears. You know what I'm saying. so you were here, you were single last time, now, now you're married, and uh, to him. And, uh... But anyway, he becomes notorious, I guess. I don't even want to call him famous, just people know the name because of Britney yeah. Spears and only because of that, really. Right, right, right. He didn't really do anything good. Yeah, he, <laughs> you know he literally didn't do anything. <laughs> he, wasn't... Like, he was just, like, here's the thing that's weird about it. Like, a lot of celebrities just marry non-celebrities, right? Happens, like that's, sure. That's actually, like, the vast majority of them. Really, that's a good really, really true, though, because, yeah. like, it, it's considered a special thing when two celebrities get together. But I think what the media wanted, I think why the disappointment was so big was because the media wanted um, Justin to marry Britney. Oh, maybe. They wanted that. <laughs> so they could have headlines that, to write. Right, for, for decades and whatever. That's what they wanted. And then this guy comes along and she falls in love with him. And, and they're like, who the hell is he? They're like, fuck that guy, <laughs> right? It's like, how dare he? Like, that was really what I felt oh. like what the what the media was, what they were butthurt about. It's possible. It, it broke their stories. So they, yeah. they got very vindictive about it, how this guy's trash and blah, blah, blah. Marrying some mid-carter, basically, yeah, yeah. right? Just a guy. Yeah. Anyway, they did have a short-lived reality show because everyone did during this period of time. Mm-hmm. And that's right. He, he released a fucking album, right, mm-hmm. at the end of 2006. But right around the same time, Britney Spears uh, petitioned for divorce, right? right, the end of 06. And it did go through so uh, eventually. So K-Fed. He's yeah, in the Pete news. K-Fed. So anyway, he's got this album out called uh, Playing With Fire, right, mm-hmm. in 2000, <laughs> 2006. And... It, it, no one likes it. I've never heard it, so I can't comment on it. But I'm sure it's playing in the background right now. It, it better be, actually. Yeah. And it was uh, not received very well by critics. <laughs> Let me put it that way. But right around the same time to promote his album, the WWF, who is always on the pulse of pop culture, decides, <laughs> why don't we bring in Kevin Federline to feud with our rapper, John Cena? Right. Right. And I got to say, though, in a weird way, this oddly was relevant. Like... He's relevant enough, but I wouldn't at call him a celebrity. Po- at the, the timing was surprisingly on point for WWF. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah. I mean, it was but right. They're usually like five years <laughs> off point. True. This is like within a year or two of, and still at the time of the release of the album, right? True. Yeah, it was right around this the time is, of the release of the album. This is good timing for WWF. I guess you're right. Uh, but again, it's Kevin Federline. Yeah. So they're helping him out more, really. Oh, yes. You know? K-Fed is a persona that the media made up so they could take their pictures and make their jokes. He appears on Raw a couple of times, and he gets into some tizzies with John Cena, who's very much in his John Hogan phase. Mm -hmm. So anyway, he helps out Johnny Nitro 
remember him yeah uh, when he was johnny nitro who you might know as uh john morrison nowadays yep. johnny mundo perhaps. yeah johnny mundo I, like I can't believe how long ago that was johnny nitro 15 years yeah crazy anyway federal keeps appearing into november now and they used to have this pay-per-view called Cyber Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a takeoff of Taboo Tuesday. Where the fans vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the internet. It's so, <laughs> so progressive. Isn't it great? <laughs> and anyway, at this pay-per-view, guess who appears? That's right. It is Kevin Federline. Right. And he attacks John Cena and he helps Booker T win some match against i don't know john cena none of it matters matter, right it's it's this time period nothing matters so he he challenges cena now why don't we fight at the first episode of raw of 2007 right mm-hmm. cena accepts it because kevin federline is not a wrestler yeah so i would accept now, it too now isn't there like stuff here where yes. like Molina's his friend or something. You might be, I may be, but I, I, I know. I, I know that that's all involved. It's like because of the Johnny Nitro. Because of Nitro, yeah. yeah. But here's what happens, right? On the January 1st, 2007 Raw, John Cena is taking on Kevin Federline in a no DQ match. Umaga, who I love and miss. <laughs> what a great person. Oh, I love him so yeah. much. He helps <laughs> Kevin Federline <laughs> defeat. <laughs> John Cena. Jonathan Cena defeated by K Fed. There Isn't you that go. Great? And that's actually as far as I remember or know his last appearance. But he He got well, his win and he got the fuck out of there. He defeated John Cena, right? Now from what I have heard, he actually got along well. In the locker room. No one had a problem with it. During this time period, I can't imagine that he wouldn't, right? Right. This is during a time where it wasn't as political. Like, we were coming off, like, a lot of those guys were gone. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, the John Cena era is not known for uh, politics, if you will, until CM Punk comes along. True. But people seem to like him, so whatever. But anyway, that was it. But the thing is, is he's not really famous. He's not I guess famous, he so people have a problem with it. But also, I again, this is one of those things that it was so whatever. Like it was not like in the in the annals of stuff that they've done with celebrities. This was pretty harmless, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't care. He, I didn't care either. I was watching at the time, and, and they it used didn't... it more as a like a like a point at which Johnny Nitro and John Cena could feud and his issues with Molina. I remember he feud yeah. her or something. Like, and then the Umaga feud. Yeah, in a transition to another thing. Did that fucking awesome match that Cena had with Umaga, remember where he did the fucking STFU with the turnbuckle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it actually, in a weird way, it, it was just a transition thing. It's like, oh, look, yeah. John Cena's... They what they really wanted out of it was that to see John Cena interacting with uh, a Hollywood person, so that yeah. they it was just that, and they didn't have one. But you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would have been good if they had a Hollywood person, but you know, they had a Fresno person. Mm-hmm. It didn't cause a problem for them. No, that's what I'm saying. No. I don't think it did. I don't think it did any harm. Yeah, I think it was stupid. It was obviously, just, it but was just whatever. It was whatever. And that is Kevin Federal. I'm so I'm. I don't know if I'm surprised at this man. He did pin John Cena. Yeah. You know, was wrestling really in the like this is real mode in 2006? <laughs> like, was I'm I'm being serious? Like, it's not. It wasn't like how it is in the. It's like if he did that in the 80s, Joe. If he pinned Hulk Hogan, yeah, we got a problem. Uh, yeah, we have a problem here. But 
John Cena in 2006. And there was interference from real wrestlers. Yeah. Like Umaga. Yeah. I I mean, at that point, it doesn't feel like it's, again, that that doesn't have the same hit as it does, like, Jay Leno or whatever. Yeah, even Jay Leno. You're yeah. right. You're right. As the years have gone on, like, yeah. nowadays, I could believe, uh, I don't know, Kim Kardashian super kicking Becky Lynch and winning the women's title because it's just entertainment at this point. Don't give them ideas. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> You know what Vince I mean? Vince would get the wrong Kardashian by accident, too. Oh. You know he would. He'd get, like, Courtney by accident. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Pick oh, you're Kim Kardashian, oh, right? Oh, yeah. shit. Anyway, that's it for K-Fed? Yeah. All right. We'll probably never talk about him again on the show, so. <laughs> it's so minor. It's like, <laughs> this is, like, super minor. Like, no offense. All I, of it is with to him. To me, no. this is just, like, it sweeps or something, <laughs> yeah. and we got to get, get a pop a rating briefly. <laughs> And then go back to our regular scheduled programming. Yeah, which is uh, pretty good during early 07, to be fair. Yeah, actually well, I'm is. just saying, like, the early part isn't February or whatever, the sweeps. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that when it, this is like literally. November sweeps, too. Yeah, this is literally probably just designed to do that. That's all it was. And they, they just never, they never even mentioned him again. No, I don't think they ever did, right? Yeah. All right, well, that's uh, Kevin Federline. So we've got one left, folks. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were voted for. Only 10 could make the cut. People have their theories and ideas of who number 10 might be been a lot of bad celebrities in wrestling but quinn we're gonna finally end the waiting the time for talking is through actually the time for talking is gonna it's still time to talk yeah. we gotta talk about number 10 time for talking is now the time for talking is now let's find out who drew number 10 ladies and gentlemen the debut of a brand new wrestler from kiss okay <laughs> the kiss uh, demon the kiss demon Okay, and remember, Kiss, remember, and Kiss. Yeah, remember, the greatest band in the world, according to Tony Schiavone. A lot of people uh-huh. think that. So Kiss and the Kiss Demon are kind of a package deal here. Okay, <laughs> Kiss. What happened here? If, well, this is weird. <laughs> this is 1999 WCW, just to give you where we are, but let's go all the way back. So again, they've already fucked it all up. <laughs> like, So don't blame this for like, this isn't the reason WCW went out of business, the Kiss Demon or whatever. No, Hogan Sting, Starkey 97 was yeah. the first chink in the well, arm. No, no, Hogan. Yeah, no, it was. Finger poke was. That but, was later. Um, the Starkade thing wasn't good. Okay, anyway. So Kiss is a band that yeah. you might have heard of. In and, the 70s? Yeah, but they were popular again in the 90s. This is where, this is right. tricky. This is a little tricky. A lot of people would swear, you know, Kiss is one of their favorite bands. They have, they're one of those types of bands where they have a very rabid fan base, you know, right. a fanatical You're a Kiss fan, people. you're going to be a Kiss fan for life, right? right? You know how there's people that r- really love the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. despite them not being like a mainstream band, but right. there's just deadheads, right? Nowadays, you know, I almost think that Kiss needs a little of an explainer, only because nowadays people know that like i saw gene simmons on cnbc like with no fucking makeup or anything he's just like a old man who invests in money or something like they're not even like they're they're so far removed from what they became famous for oh yeah definitely next guest has been all in on this crypto craze kiss frontman and rock legend gene simmons joined us now gene great to have you with us nice to see you all hope you're keeping safe out there but they were a very popular band for a period of time in the 70s mm-hmm. and into the 80s. I want to be fair here. Yeah. But they were never a critical darling, right? These yeah. are, they were kind of a glam metal, hard rock, kind of pop metal they, sound. They were interesting because they, they started the like event concert 
kind of thing. The, the the flashy, like nobody was wearing like makeup and costumes and like very they, few. They, they were not like the the band members. They were not. This is Timmy O'Toole or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like this isn't like they didn't have names. They were like different characters yeah. or something. Like it was weird. Yeah. They are known for the incredible illusions and theatrics during their performances. The drummer goes 30 feet up in the air and turns around. The bass player grunts, groans, flies 40 feet up in the air and spits blood. The lead guitarist sets off fireworks and smoke illusions and blows up his guitar. And the rhythm guitarist crashes his own guitar into eensy, beensy, teeny tiny pieces. It's basically demolition, the musicians, right? <laughs> exactly. For demolition, but obviously. Like, they were an act. They it's were not. Act, they were not show. just like look at these musicians. They were. Right. They were like this is the kiss guy or whatever. Right. Ah, this is the I'm demon. This stick is my tongue out or whatever. This is the silver fox. Whatever the fuck it is. I'm yeah. making stuff up. But anyway, they were theatrical. This was when that was a very new concept. You know, David Bowie was starting to get into stuff like that. And these guys went full into yeah. it. Like David Bowie was somebody before he did that. These guys. Yeah. This was their thing. Alice Cooper, but it was very few. It was sparse. Right. Right. And Kiss got notoriety because of the way they looked in their onstage costumes. You know what the I mean? Concerts and, were very popular in the yes. 70s. They, these were big events. Big events, right? And they had a couple of really big singles, one of them being Detroit Rock City. Mm -hmm. You've probably heard, if nothing else, uh, Rock and Roll All Night. That's yeah. probably their most famous song, I'm not sure. And people, you know, they liked them. You know, a lot of people liked Kiss. It was just one of those bands that a lot of people liked. Very popular in the late 70s. Yeah, not virtuosos on their musicians, uh, you know, on their instruments or anything like that, but they don't need to be. Then in the 80s, they changed a little bit. Then in the 80s, yeah. they took off the makeup. In the early 80s, they uh, they took off their ma makeup after 1983. That was weird. It was. And they wanted to rebrand themselves into more of a serious, you know, rock band. And it did work. I mean, Lick It Up is a very successful single from that period of time, yeah. which you've also probably heard. Lick it up, lick it up. Oh, it's and I'm not going to lie. I have a very soft spot for some of that glam metal sound from the late 70s, early 80s. Like, I like that sound. Yeah, the arena rock. I do yeah. like it. I, I like the sound of, like, let's say, a white snake or something mm -hmm. like that. I like it. I like Van Halen. The I like some Kiss. The thing was is that this, this unmasking of Kiss really hurt them. And that's why by the 90s, they were, they were like a nostalgia act. But, like, there was this period of time, right? I feel like the late 80s and early 90s where they were just dead like that band didn't do anything anymore and people were like haha remember kiss from these 70s they were yeah. like a joke and then out of nowhere in the 90s they put the makeup on again and they were introduced i want to say at the grammys or something like that we tired of that we need something different something new we need to shock the people so let's shock the people I just remember all of a sudden everyone's like your parents are telling you man kiss was like the greatest shit that yep. ever happened and blah 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 it's yep. like you gotta gotta see kiss like they're they're a spectacle right so this is what started the resurgence of kiss right. popularity in the mid-90s it's like all our parents collectively re-remembered kiss right and they were telling us how good they were and then kiss was on like tv a lot yeah it's kind of like what happens now when they reboot every fucking show. Yeah, this was a reboot of yeah. Kiss, basically. We're, we're the parents now that are saying uh, how good it used to be 20 years ago. Right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway. But everything, it's always the same. It's all cyclical. That's right. So, we get to WCW 1999 now, on mm -hmm. a separate note, right? As Quinn mentioned, it was shitty. Yeah. By 99. Mm -hmm. It was poor. They were looking for anything. They had done the finger poke in January. Hulk Hogan turned face 
in the middle of the year, then put the red and yellow back on again. Which did draw. Uh, people liked that at the time. Uh, yeah, it was nostalgia. It was popular. It was, again, remember how nostalgia good this used to be? Thing, something like two years ago. Yeah. And that's why I always thought that was weird. They acted like, oh, man, he hasn't been red and... <laughs> it's only been like three years. Red like, and yellow for a million years. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? But Nitro's ratings are steadily falling in uh, 1999. And Eric Bischoff has been at this a long time now. Six years running WCW. Mm-hmm. He's taking them to the top. They're not at the top anymore, right? But he's starting to get weary. He's starting to get burnout. And morale was very low. This is during a period of time where people were now jumping back to the WWF or for the first time. Chris Jericho being one of the most notable ones right around this time in the summer of 99. People were now like, I want to go to the WWF. Fuck right, this the place. the opposite of like two, <laughs> yeah. two or three years yeah, ago. Exactly. So Bischoff strikes up a deal with Gene Simmons, who's kind of like the the representative of KISS. You know he what I mean? He has been the lead. Yep, the lead guy. They strike up a deal where... KISS is going to come on to WCW programming. They're going to play a quote-unquote concert on Nitro. Right. And there's going to be a wrestler based around KISS. And not only that, eventually a whole stable of wrestlers. This is, by the way, this is very KISS. Like, this it's is the kind KISS. of, this is, this is like exactly the kind of thing they did. We didn't even mention they had like toys and cartoons oh, yeah. and shit in like the 80s they're marketable and i guess for any kiss fans out there let me run down the actual characters so you had the star child yeah was paul stanley you had the demon obviously is gene simmons you had the spaceman which was <laughs> spaceman ace freely you had weren't they all from space i don't know where yeah. they're all from honestly okay. because demon might be from hell yeah you know you had the cat man peter chris mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were going to do a whole stable based on kiss right but the first one was going to be the demon Here's one of the problems, Quinn. Mm-hmm. The deal that Bischoff made with Gene Simmons was so one-sided in Kiss's favor that essentially they were paying Kiss $500,000 to, to do this concert. <laughs> to like license Kiss, no, basically. No, to do the concert. Oh, to do the concert. Kiss would retain all licensing fees, royalties, merchandising, everything. WCW got almost dick out of this other than being able to say, we have Kiss here. Yeah, which... It's very WCW. It also <laughs> lines up with what their interests are as ratings. Yes. Like that, that, yes. They'll, they'll give you a bunch of money as long as they can get a right. pop a rating. And Gene Simmons, it lines up with him too. Like, I like money. Yeah. Very serious man in his other persona. Yeah. Like <laughs> I said, serious. CNBC. Joining us now for more on the company, on streaming, on the state of the music industry is Kiss lead singer and bass guitarist Gene Simmons. And that's what I mean. It's like he's just a businessman like now. Like he, he just plays golf and is old and has millions of dollars because he was smart. Honestly. That's probably true. Yeah. So it's August 23rd, 1999, Nitro. This is the day after the WWF SummerSlam, for the record, okay? Mm-hmm. So the WWF has just run SummerSlam with that horrendous ending where Mick Foley wins the title because <laughs> Steve Austin decided he didn't want to lose Triple H. Because <laughs> that's professional. Uh, everyone kind of everyone kind of looks past that. But, you know, God forbid other people don't want to okay, lose. It's okay, though. If Hogan the, did it, the it'd ne- be the end the of the world. The next day they fixed it, yeah. so don't worry. It was really great. Yeah. Anyway, there's some interest. Like, why, why is Mick Foley the champion? Yeah, people want to watch Raw. Right. And Triple H is going to fight Mick Foley. And WCW puts on their usual shit show of a 99 Nitro. And I need I remind you, pre-Vince Russo, all this is going on. <laughs> all the crap that was going on yep. before Vince Russo came in. So here comes Eric Bischoff with a kind of, here, we're going we're gonna to strike with Kiss. Here we go. So they're hyping up, right? And they uh-huh. have Shivani hype this up. Like, 
This is going to be the most important night in the history of our sport. Yes. This is going to change wrestling the way we know it. Because a rock and roll band is going to perform. That's right. going to that's gonna do it, Joe. That's it. WWF's finished. They're <laughs> fucking finished because we got Kiss. It's real. The WWF should have gotten Def Leppard just because they could have. <laughs> you know I mean? They could have gotten anybody, honestly. They did. They had Motley Crue the year a before. Rapper, they could have gotten anybody. In 99, yeah, they yeah, probably could have. Literally, they could have on a moment's notice. Because anybody would have taken a, hey, let's watch something that's got an 8 rating or whatever. Yeah, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this horrible Nitro unfolds. And you won't find this on the Peacock, obviously, because of Kiss. You know right. what I mean? They have to cut all that out, but... They make the boneheaded decision of saving the Kiss concert for the very end of Nitro. Mm. Why is that a stupid idea? Because everyone that has been waiting the whole time for it is probably watching Raw. Like, right. okay, when is this shit going to come on? Because I don't <laughs> want to see Hulk Hogan, whatever the fuck he's doing, right? Yeah. Then they get there. Everyone's like, oh, and then they're like, said, there's not going to be any wrestling anymore. Now yeah. the concert starts. Yes. Everyone's like, I don't want to fucking watch a Kiss concert. No, I'm going to be honest with you. Part of my, I didn't watch it per se, but I, I think I, I flipped back because I was like, well, is like Sting going to do, like, is right. it like, I thought like, oh, is somebody going to like attack them no. or are they going to fight? Like, what, what? <laughs> like, that's the expectation, right? Of course. It's like, you're like, they're on wrestling. So of course they're going to, they're going to do a song and dance and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and then they're going to, and then they're going to hit people with guitars or they're going <laughs> to kick people's asses. Right. Like yeah. that's cause wrestling, right. but that doesn't even happen. No kiss plays one song. Yeah. One song. <laughs> All right, Las Vegas. You one of the best. You got the best. The hottest man in the world. Kiss. And then they unveil their new wrestler, the Kiss Demon, which is Brian Adams, for the record. Crush. Yeah. Right? Of course it's Crush. Fucking Crush. How is Crush always involved in shitty shit? So, so, so <laughs> it's Crush. I meant Kiss, bro. And uh, Kiss Crush. Yeah, Kiss Crush. There we go. How have we never thought this one up? NWO Crush, Kiss Crush, Criminal chronic, Crush, chronic Karate Crush, crush like, Orange Crush. Orange Crush. So, so Kiss, Kiss Crush here comes out. He's like, hi. Yeah. And then Nitro goes off the air, right? Yeah. And we never see Kiss again, but we do see the but they, demon. They, they left Crush. Right. They, they left they, him. They've laid, they dropped they, him off. They've laid Crush. They, they hatched him, right? Yeah. So... Brian Adams plays the character one more time, and it's to get into a confrontation with Vampiro. Now, that kind of makes sense. So, you just saying that is like, that is the most natural, like, of course he right. would be in the Glacier canon, basically, uh, yeah. right? Like Vampiro yeah. and those kind of people, right? The like, Earthrealm canon. Yeah, yeah, the Mortal Kombat canon. Of, Shao Kahn canon. Yeah. So, that so, is it. People forget that is like a separate sector of WCW. It really is with its own storylines like Mortis and stuff. Its own division. Yeah, Vampiro James, and things James like that. Vandenberg. Yeah real so anyway it's all connected no it's connected vampiro's so, kind of like the legacy of, yeah, of that he's an outgrowth of that yeah, yeah so he comes out and stares at vampiro or whatever the fuck it is and then brian adams never plays the character again instead they give it to a wrestler named dale torberg now who the fuck is that i don't know dale torberg <laughs> is somebody that was trained in the wcw power plant mm -hmm. that's exactly <laughs> who would get this gimmick that makes so much sense 
Buddy Lee Parker or whatever his name. What his name was? Buddy. Yeah, Buddy Lee Parker. Him training him. You know who? Give else? me ten. You know first who first <laughs> trained him before the power plant? Norman Smiley, something like that, right? The warlord. <laughs> Come on, Jim Neidhart. Ugh. Horrible. <laughs> so, so anyway, I'm sorry. They're even connected I'm, to this. I'm sorry. Yeah. So anyway, they put him in the kiss gimmick. So most of the appearances of the demon that you've probably seen are Dale Torberg. Right. Uh, not Brian Adams. Not Crush. But it is out there. And anyway, when he takes it over, <laughs> he's supposed to take on, when he takes the gimmick over, there was this whole deal in the Gene Simmons contract, because again, CNBC, Gene Simmons, yeah, CNBC, that the demon would wrestle a main event match. This is part of the fucking contract that and Bischoff agreed exactly to. This is exactly like the Slim Jim shit. Yeah. Or Macho Man, because he represents, he has to main event Halloween Havoc or something. Stop. Stop it. You know it's true. I don't know if it's true. But this was true. He had to be in a main event match in order for Gene Simmons to agree to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So they were supposed to have this New Year's pay-per-view in 99. Uh, and he was going to take on Vampiro. Except Bischoff is removed from power for all this sucking so badly in September of 99. Now, again, Bischoff's like... Was I fired? No, I wasn't. I resigned. Whatever the fuck. I don't care. He went on vacation. He's gone. Or whatever he did. He's, he's, whatever it is, he's gone. But right? he's gone. But doesn't WCW have a contract? Yes. yes. But the pay-per-view is off the table. This special New Year's one or whatever, okay. right? So, we've got Super Brawl 2000 coming up. This is February of 2000. Oh, my now. goodness. Nobody was even watching then. <laughs> it's true. Now, this is also, mind you, don't blame Vince Russo because he's already gone by February. Mm-hmm. He, if you recall, left in January. It came back in April right. of 2000. So this isn't even Vince Russo. You can't even blame him for this. Is probably Kevin Nash, member of the WCW booking committee. Yeah, or Kevin Sullivan, who just you know <laughs> usually like we don't nobody's working with nobody's manning the helm. Yeah, like Kevin Sullivan is always always <laughs> filling in, and they drop in his lap just pure shit. You, it's whoever fucked up, and Kevin <laughs> yeah. Sullivan has to like. Uh, okay, like, uh, you go here and do this. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like trying to fix whatever somebody fucked up, basically. It's a mess. This whole thing is a mess, right? And Sullivan's like the Peggy Olsen of fucking WCW, you if know, you- where she's like has to fix the problems. Is that what you want to go with? Them? Yeah, there you go. go. That. That's fine. If you watch Mad Men. So Super Brawl 2000, like I said, this is February mm-hmm. of 2000. And on this match, we've got Sid taking on Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett in a triple threat match for the world title. Mm-hmm. Got Hulk Hogan taking on Lex Luger. We've got what? <laughs> Ric Flair taking on Terry Funk. What is going on over here? Now, I don't remember any of this. Now, this is how bad WCW was at this point. Now, speaking of Terry Funk, uh-huh. did you know that in perhaps one of, or maybe the Demon's first ever matches, he lost to Terry Funk? <laughs> Funk could have been the Kiss Demon. That, that's how much they could have just put the paint on him. That's how much they care about this, yeah. right? This is how much they give a shit. Yeah. Anyway, in the fourth match of Super Brawl 2000, the fourth match out of an 11 match card, mm-hmm. four, four, some midway throughish, we have what is called a special main event match. What? Where the Demon is going to wrestle. <laughs> so they call it the main event so they can meet the contract. That's yes. exactly what they did, isn't it? Yes. Now do you. You wanted who we fought? It wasn't Vampiro. It was The Wall. Oh, my God. Oh, who was that's killer. the only main event The Wall's ever been in. <laughs> there you go. Main eventer, The Wall. Yeah. And in three minutes and 37 seconds, The Wall defeated the demon. Oh, not even the Kiss <laughs> demon, eh? 
God, this is this was so forgotten by this point that I didn't even watch it. So like, <laughs> I didn't either. Two thousand, fuck that, man. Yeah. So anyway, he lingered around a little while longer, just being called the demon, not the kiss demon. Uh-huh. He even was in some weird ass stable that hell and time forgot about with Vampiro and the insane clown posse. <sighs> And no one cares, and no, it, uh, it was all bad, and then... It's 2000 WCW, nothing, nobody was paying attention, or anything. weren't they getting, like, ones? Like, <laughs> like or something? twos, yeah. yeah. And then Time Warner, or AOL, excuse me, canceled programming shortly thereafter. <laughs> and there you go. This was a horrible thing that did nothing for anyone. It's very typical WCW of just making a horrendous deal for business. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this, uh, this well-hyped Nitro for KISS... Mm-hmm. actually was way down from the week before. And obviously, you know, things weren't good for WCW, and this didn't help. Quinn, is it ranking time? Yeah, it's ranking time. Let's get this out of the way here. So at number one, Art Donovan. Two, David Arquette. Three, Herb. Four is Clara Peller. Four is, five is Chucky. Six is Robocop. Seven, Jay Leno. And eight is Susan St. James. Kevin Federline. Yeah, K-Fed. He's worse than Susan, right? Yes, I... My dear Susan. He's worse than Jay Leno. Is it? Yeah. Okay, why? He was in a match. They're both, they're very comparable, I feel like, right? K-Fed was in something, right? Yeah, they both wrestled. Yeah. Jay Leno is a bigger celebrity. Yeah. Jay Leno's also a less credible wrestler, though. Jay Leno was dealing with, like, Hulk Hogan and, like, Diamond Dallas and all this. Hey, I mean, Kevin Federline was fighting John Cena. That's true. But I feel like um, K-Fed really was much lesser than Jay Leno. I think that's... He 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 scr- just lesser, he scratches right? the like this isn't really a celebrity yeah, aspect. Okay. So Jay Leno has to like be better than him. But I think honestly, weirdly, I think Robocop is worse than K Fed because K Fed's at least a human being. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. And not a robot. I so <laughs> that 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 alone Or a doll or for a doll. Matter. Yeah. I and, think I agree with you. Yeah. I don't well and, and K Fed is not weirdly I have to say this. I don't think he was like misused or anything. I think WWE used him exactly the way he should have been used. Oddly, which is a weird thing to say for them in 2007. But I mean, he wrestled what was very much supposed to be like a bullshit match. You know, he was used for a transition feud from like Nitro to Umaga. Yeah, well, there was that too. Yeah, that's all it was. And and Molina, the Molina thing. But you know what, Quinn? Can we really call him worse than a... Than Jay Leno when Leno, you know, that wasn't really that good for them. WCW was it? I guess it was good for publicity. It was better for WCW than uh, K-Fed was for WWF. Do you think so? Yeah, because it wasn't like it hurt. It didn't. Both of these things didn't hurt either. It's about like at that point, if they didn't hurt, how much did it help? And I think Jay Leno helped slightly more than K. Nobody cared about K-Fed that didn't Nobody do anything. Nobody cared. Yeah, you're right. But do you think that Leno hurt WCW at all? Some people would probably argue it I did. think he only hurt it in the eyes of wrestling as real people. Like, that's it. K- <laughs> and, and K-Fed's just lucky that, like, nobody at all thought wrestling was real. Not one human being on the face of the earth thought wrestling was real by 2006. Okay. Do you think, do you think that's fair? I think, yeah, I think Federline is... Only above, in my mind, the only reason he's worse than Jay Leno is because he's not a celebrity. Yeah. He's just a guy that they were mad that he messed up their Justin Timberlake shit or whatever. Yeah. So they can't come up with clever nicknames and yeah. stuff for the two of them. Yeah. Because they have to do that. Jay Britt or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
They couldn't market it. They, Brit they, Lake, you know what I mean. To this day, anytime one of both of them are single at the same time, there's always like, you know, like Us Magazine thinks they're hanging out or whatever. They they still want this, Joe. They they want it. The market for that is yeah, still surprisingly they, high. The they, people they're that still, care about they're this. Still, the, the, they're still pining to get that couple. They need to get married. <laughs> they need it, right? It's like they still want it. It's, you know, it's there's a lot of that still to this day. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Kevin Federline number seven. Yeah. All right. So the kiss thing, kiss. This was crap. <laughs> it is <shitty. laughs> like let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Worse than my beloved Susan. Mm-hmm. Is it worse than a uh, Jay Leno? Yes. There? Yes. It is. Okay. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Because this isn't even this is fictional <laughs> character level. Well, yeah, this is this is where this lands to me. Well, because it's multifaceted, also because not only did Kiss like get way <laughs> overhyped and then play one song, unleash the shitty wrestler that they switched to a different wrestler uh-huh. that they forgot about, kept off TV, lost to Terry Funk, lost his special main event match. Like, what are we doing here? It was only a special main event because the contract said to. he had to be in a main event. Yeah. You can make the first match a main event if you say it's the main yeah, event. Yeah, you can. But who wanted to see this? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Who wanted to see Kiss no. on wrestling programming? No. What are we doing? Didn't. And all, already by 2000, Kiss was like, the the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the resurgence was basically over. Yeah. That was like a one to two like year thing where yeah. Gene Simmons got more money. Because he's smart. CNBC. <laughs> CNBC. Kiss frontman and founding member joins us now. Uh, on set. Cool to have you here, uh, Gene. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to see me. Hey, you guys, I watch you on... T- see what I did there? So is it worse than Federline? Um, yes. It is. Okay. Now we're getting into more of the same genre here with Robocop <laughs> yep. and Chucky. No, I feel that way. I feel like it's... I feel like actually Kiss Demon is worse than Robocop and Chucky. I really do. You know, I'm not... Yeah, I'm, I'm Robocop okay and it. Chucky are much less offensive. They're one-offs. Yeah, the kiss. The kiss, kiss demon thing lasted, was, baby. The demon did, but so did the the hype for Kiss. Good lord! Yeah. And then when he they finally come in and play one shitty song. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in theory, can I say this? And I didn't say this before when you said this. In right. theory, yeah, this should bring in a bigger audience. It didn't, but it didn't. But in theory, it was one of the lowest this rated. Is, this things. is one of those things that on paper, you if you're Eric Bischoff, this looks a pretty easy ratings pop at the very least right yeah it's just so stupid it's stupid but i'm just saying it's like kiss was still relatively like doing okay during this time right like people might turn it on if they heard there was a kiss concert that don't watch wrestling maybe they just want to see kiss but what doesn't make sense is if you hold it all the way until the end they're gonna keep not watching it until they get it should have been on to open the show at like eight o'clock or whatever and then another song at the first hour and then you know i don't know but here's the other thing. With hindsight, Quinn, looking back, what were they even trying to do anymore? Trying to pop ratings when they I think been... WCW was just trying to stay relevant, ultimately. Not even well, pop with... a rating. They just wanted to be like, look, we, we're doing business with Gene Simmons. We're important. Yeah, but they're doing half of what WWF's doing rating-wise. I know. And even if they do ticket up a few points, what the good the fuck for you? They're not like, even coming close doing? to WWF. Yeah, but, yeah that's... What a boneheaded thing. Seriously, what a WCW when thing. Did, when did the talks begin, though? Because I, I do of wonder, what? like, was Bischoff talking to him, like, for, like, two years? So, like, I in 98 when so. they were good? You know what I mean? Like, was this, like, was this one of those legacy, oh, we I made a deal with Gene Simmons two years ago? I, I, I don't think you know it was I mean? that long that it was in the works. It was probably just within 99. Okay. But one way or another, it stunk. Uh, RoboCop was well-promoted as well. 
But all he did was show up the one time, go. He didn't last long. Take Sting out of the door. Chucky lasted slightly longer, but that's only because the the cackle for like two episodes before. Mean Gene. Yeah. I think Kiss Team is worse than both of them. Yeah, because it was so low rated. That's why yeah. I'm going to. That's my official reason is because of how poorly yeah. it was received. Now, again, I have to stop him at Claire. Why? Because. Stop doing that to Clara. <laughs> no, because think about it, right? What? Kiss Demon, he technically delivered. He wrestled Shut and up. stuff. Shut up. Claire didn't say where's okay, the fine. beef. You know we, what, Quinn? This has always been her, her, her hiccup, right? This is always why she's the gatekeeper. She's the beginning of like. I didn't even do the thing. Her, again, Herb didn't even say anything either. He just kind of twiddled around. And both of them True. did nothing. Like, they, they did nothing. This at least did something. That has been, that has been the reason the fictional characters have always, um, have always triumphed over, guess. <laughs> over the Burger King and McDonald's and Wendy's people or whatever. Well, the thing with them. Like, <laughs> yeah. The thing yeah. with Kiss is they did also show up and play their song. I know that's what. If they didn't you know, play the song, they'd be number one. Right? They would, <laughs> no, they would be yes. about where David Arquette Fine. is. Like, Whatever. They would be about there. But they'd be worse. Yeah. But they did show up and they did play their song like they were supposed to. And and, and for some weird reason, it just makes sense that that <laughs> I love the concept that that the fast food people are the barrier between getting into like the worst <laughs> possible thing. Well, the Kiss Demon didn't win any titles. He didn't no, take anyone's spot. But he did spot. something. Yeah, and Kiss... He gave two wrestlers a job. <laughs> yeah, Kiss Crush and uh, Dale Thorberg. Yeah. All right, you know what? Kiss was a employer in wrestling. Stop it. Well, CNBC. Yeah, CNBC. Money. Very smart. Very smart. I'll leave him a five. That's it, right in the middle there. I like how they're just Kiss, not even Kiss Demon well, on the list. Well, because Kiss is the celebrity, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Number five. There you go. All right. Kiss right in the middle. Perfect. Now, before we finalize this, I'm sure some people. They want to know. They want to know who didn't make it. They're probably thinking of some people that didn't make it. I'm going to run down a couple, okay? Snooki just missed it. Aw, I liked Snooki in in wrestling. I thought, you know what? I couldn't believe how decent she She, was in the ring. Right. That was, for those of you that don't know, that was WrestleMania 27, one of the poorly regarded ones. But she was in a mixed tag. It wasn't like the worst thing I've ever seen. At the time that that happened, Snooki was very, very popular. Like, everyone yeah. knew who she was. It was 2011. We're, maybe yes. we're biased because we're from Jersey, but that show was a hit. Yeah, for, it's it's a horrible show in hindsight. Like, it's a really the dumb show. The first season's very good, though. No, not, nothing, Quinn. It's, 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 not, it's not good, though. Good is not the right word for Grenade it. Grenade whistle. Entertaining um, is yeah. maybe the word. Yeah. But it's a very terrible show. Oh, I thought it was, like, well edited. Like, I thought, like, the, I thought that the, you know, in the... There's people, there's a way to do reality shows, and I thought that... This isn't the Grammys or the Emmys or the Oscars. We're not giving out awards for best cinematography and video editing. There really should be, you know how there's like the daytime Emmys? There really should just be the the, the reality show Emmys, and that... Because there is an art to editing it so it looks good and it seems like Oh, gee, Quinn, tell me about editing things. I know. Bye! Yo, you look like you're 40. Get some Botox, bro. You're a loser! To call me fake is some, it's just blasphemy. I'm just saying you would appreciate that. No, I the, don't. Reality no. TV. Did I watch it at the time? Yes. But I didn't like it. I just watched it because everyone around me was and I had to. It was very fun. Just it saying. was fun, but it's not what I'd call good programming. Anyway, you know what I who, mean? who else made this stupid list? But anyway, hang on. With yeah. Snooki, I thought she was like 
acceptable. You yeah. know, I, I didn't think it was good. She didn't move, but and she, it was good. She was at least she tried. Was that the same wrestling match with this as a match? Was she at that? Oh, was this it? No, this is with around the same time. <laughs> WrestleMania 25, I think, yeah. was her. But anyway, right beneath Snooky, no, no cracks now, is Donald Trump. Now, <laughs> the president. Yes, the president. Now, some people uh, thought he was going to make this. Someone messaged me, and <laughs> one way or another, he didn't make it. Okay, he got votes. He didn't make it. Uh-huh. That's all I'm saying. We're moving on from this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're not even going to touch no, that with a 50 foot pole. There's no reason to get involved on either side, either direction, whatever you yeah. think. All right, but he didn't make it. Okay, below him is Master P. <laughs> Master P. What WCW? even was that? I don't even remember that. Remember Master P, and then he had the fucking uh, what the were Wu-Tang they? The Wu Tang Clan? No, not is the Wu Tang Clan. I don't. I don't know. I don't know Master P. I'm not a Master P. The fan. No Limit Soldiers. Oh, oh, oh. They okay, feuded with the rapist crap people. Okay, yes. Now I know what you're talking about. But it's not. Good. You had to say No Limit Soldiers yes. for that to click in my brain. Below Master P. What kind of P is that anyway? Is it like PP or like just fill up or something? It's like I, P, P is in P wing. Like yeah. Probably, oh, P wing. P wing. Probably for his first name, which is Percy. Yeah. Anyway. Master Percy. That's what we're going to call him from now on. But he never gets mentioned on this show ever again. Master Percy. <laughs> Below Master Percy is Kim Kardashian. This is a match. This is a match. You know, this to me is fucking fascinating because... Kim was not a big deal yet. No. She was like a girl that was on a reality TV show yeah. that wasn't that hadn't hit its stride just yet. Like right. it, we are talking like right before the Kardashians took off. Yeah, this is 2008. It was WrestleMania 24, not 25. People forget that the like first season when nobody had plastic surgery and they were just like a family that cooked a lot or something. It 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 was very uh, it was a very different world. Did, it they get, did they get any awards for best editing, Quinn? On that, reality show? That, that show probably was like masterfully done, actually, <laughs> looking back because holy shit, did yeah. they really take off, right? They did. Yeah. Uh, but Kim was not quite the Kim Kardashian that you would think from a, a few years later. I remember watching that WrestleMania and I'm like, who is this? I remember watching it with and you. I, and I think back to thinking that and I'm like, I can't believe I didn't know who that was at yeah. the time. I didn't really know. I, who is Kim Kardashian? Right. That we were all asking that. I think yeah. I watched that with you. We were like, yeah. "Who is this girl?" Because I didn't watch the Kardashians. Uh, yeah. So she was at WrestleMania 24, and she gave. She was uh, like the person interviewing people like, or something. Like twice it was bad. Yeah. But I I don't know if she's. I think the only reason some of our fans voted that is because you popularized that. This is a match a long that, time ago. She that was kind of basically what she it's was the doing. The sum up of what she says, right? Yeah. Money in the bank match. But anyway. And another one that made it, and this is just because people hate him, I think, too, is Colin Jost. Oh, my God. Remember this? Where they, he, he was being a big jackass because I didn't like this. They were at the WrestleMania we went to. Right. With and, the but fans. He was, he was, like, mocking wrestling in, in this day and age. Is like, you know what I mean? Like, the way he treated it was... He was like side eye Bob Costas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, about yeah, wrestling. But wasn't that a work so that way it would matter? Because, I mean, isn't it... I didn't NBC like, Universal, WWE programming. This was a situation where, like, you could tell he didn't respect it, like for real. Know. There's t- sometimes I can just tell it just it just comes sure? it comes through. Yes, right. I don't know if that's I, true. I don't know. I didn't. I, think it's a work. I, I, I got that impression. I didn't think it was like a work this I time. I, did, I think it was NBC told him he needed to go do this. I don't know, Quinn. I, I really don't know. Yeah. But either way, uh, most people just hate him because you know when he took over. 
weekend update, he was not Seth Meyers. Yeah, and on top of it, he got he, he or got, Cecily uh, Scarlett Johansson. That's the other what thing. The yeah, fuck. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> true, and that screwed up all the media's naming things too. Yeah, right. Well, that just oh, Scarjost. Yeah, did they call him that? They should Probably. call him that. But Scar- Scarlett Johansson, this guy. This guy, I still have an issue with it. Maybe he's a very good guy. He shouldn't even See, be on Week. You're he shouldn't the, even be on Weekend Update. Though he's not funny. He's the head writer. He's not fucking funny. I, I, I don't dispute that. Yeah, but you're being the media now. The same media that said Britney Spears shouldn't be with K. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, this is uh, oh. let me let me let me stand my okay. ground here I'll on this show right watch now. This. This guy. What are we talking about? What guy, are we doing? What are we women in the supermarket uh, yeah. right now? <laughs> this guy put himself on Weekend Update because he was writing it and didn't put actual comedians on it. This, this guy is nothing. He writes jokes. It doesn't mean he should be on the screen. I'm just saying. How do you know that, that he put himself? Maybe they wanted them to. I don't think that's how this happened. I don't know. It, he, they should have went and found somebody who was actually... Um, funny, funny, and and it could deliver the jokes. I mean, you, it's one thing to write the jokes; it's another thing to be able to deliver them on the stage. He is not that. Michael Che, yes, not this guy. Well, he was a head writer. Yeah, I'm just saying, head writer, head writer. Anyway, those are the people. That's the thing. So I guess we'll finally call it a season yep. on the royal flush of celebrities and wrestling. Next season, we got a brand new one. That's going to be the best and worst. WWF pay-per-views that's coming up in two weeks when we start off our next season but Quinn it's been a fun one we've gotten to talk about a wide range of things from fast food to Kevin Federline to Chucky Jay Leno all sorts of things so why don't we finally run it down here number one Art Donovan two David Arquette three Herb four Clara Peller five is Kiss six is Chucky seven is Robocop Eight, Kevin Federline. Nine is Jay Leno. And number 10, she's very good, Susan St. James. Yes, very. Folks, when we come back, we're taking a very special look at wrestling in 1999. You can only imagine the topics that are going to be covered there. A very special episode of ESPN's Outside the Lines is Mm -hmm. coming up right after this. The real Kevin Federline never backs down from a challenge. The real Kevin Federline overcomes every obstacle put in front of him. And the real Kevin Federline takes pride in shocking the world. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do when I meet Cena in the ring. Wow. January 1st, K-Fed is dead. Kevin Federline will be whooping Cena's ass. Mean Gene Okerlund here from World Championship Wrestling. Kiss appearing at Nitro tonight live on TNT. And all I can say is, by the way, that's no shotgun. That's my love gun. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 240, the finale. Quinn? Yes? At the end of every season, we like to take the time to thank 
a lot of our podcast friends that support us, that do other great retro wrestling shows out there. We like to there. do that, yes. There's a lot of them out there, and here's some of our friends. You can check out Booking the Territory. That's our Southern Fried brother and Mike Mills and his crew. They go through the Crockett stuff, man, yeah. and they do a good job at it. They are the unprofessional wrestling podcast. They know a thing or two about Ted Turner. They certainly do, and they're great guys. Uh, Mike Mills is a, a great guy, and uh, I help him. No, I'm just kidding, Mike, but he really is a good dude. So check out Book in the Territory for the Southern equivalent of what we do. Mm-hmm. You can also check out the one-man show, although there is a show that he does with Kathy, mm-hmm. and this is Kathy. This is Greetings from Allentown. And it's Pete Winston, and he's another good guy, and he's been doing this a long time, almost as long as we have. He goes through old wrestling on his one-man show. It's just him. But for GFA Live, you have KFA. KFA! <laughs> so you can check out Greetings from Allentown. We always shout those guys out, but there's other ones. There's Mike Prue, our very own Mike Prue. Mike Prue himself. He has a podcast specifically focused on Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's called The Bottom Line. The Stone Cold One. That's right. So you can check out Mike Prue's Bottom Line cast. You can also check out a podcast specifically about The Undertaker called Talking Taker. Mm-hmm. There you go. How about our old friend, one of the day one listeners of OVP, the wrestling man, Bill Yankovi. The wrestling man himself. He's been doing this since since the Dickens. Yeah, since <laughs> there was podcast probably <laughs> yes. around there. And it's around called that time. That Wrestling Show with uh-huh. Bill Yankovi. Bill's a great guy, longtime supporter of OVP. I love his Muppet Show theme logo. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. It's very good. Another big supporter of OVP is the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. That's Steve and Eric and sometimes other friends. And uh, Steve's another great guy, and Positively Pro Wrestling is a good look back at some old fun things in wrestling. You can check out PPW, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Positive, baby. Also, our, uh, our big supporter of the show, Luke Jennings, he has a new show out called the Hamburg All-Stars, where he's doing kind of a pre-canon thing, where he's going through... Oh, he's in the pre-canon? Yeah, he's in the Hamburg canon. That's like when the dinosaurs roamed the Earth, yes, right? in the 70s. The, the cave paintings came from there. <laughs> That's right? right. So if you want that, check out the Hamburg All-Stars. Uh, he's a nice bloke, a nice chap over there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we need to mention these guys because no one knows about them, but ad-free shows, you know, with Conrad Thompson. Yeah, um, this this upstart, ad-free shows, they're they're, yeah. they're starting a little podcast thing. Yeah, um, a couple of notable names. I, I know a lot of people haven't really heard of them, so right. just check them out. We hope it gets off the ground, Yeah, you know. I heard you've been talking shit on your stupid little OPP podcast. Nobody even listens to this shit. Uh, but in all seriousness, thank you guys for another season. It's been great doing this for as long as we have. We really appreciate all of your support, really, whether you're a patron, whether you're on the group, whether you follow us on Twitter, or whether you just listen every week and we never know who you are or hear from you. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. For real. Thank you so much. So with that said, Michael, it's time for the finale review. We usually like to go outside of the regular wrestling when we do this. We like to go outside the lines. Exactly, Quinn. Big time. (laughs) This is ESPN's Outside the Lines from 1999. Remember this show? I do, actually. It's called uh, Pro Wrestling's Hold on America. Now, Outside the Lines is something that has been on ESPN (laughs) since 1990, believe it or not. It's their version of, like, real sports with Brian Gumbel, essentially. Except there's no Brian Gumbel. Good. (laughs) Fuck Brian Gumbel, as we always say. But, uh, yeah, this has been on for a really long time. And it was hosted for a really long time until a couple of years ago by Bob Lee. Bob Lee. Uh, Bob Lee. And uh, you'll see why we're saying Bob Lee. But it's basically a serious look at issues that kind of go outside the lines of sports. Right. You it usually know what I'm covers a, a sport yep. in general. So this one's about wrestling. Yeah. And 
you know, we like to cover these things about wrestling. Last season, I believe it was last season, we did one on the WWF in 1985. Bob Costas. With Bob thing. Costas. This yeah. time we have Bubbly. With Bob Costas, we were looking at the WWF as the rock and wrestling connection of the golden era started to boom, right? Mm-hmm. And what people had to say about that. Here in 1999, this is during the Attitude Era boom, if you will. Right. You know, so the second the boom. other boom. So we got one boom and now we got another boom. And inevitably on these shows, Quinn... We get the outsider's perspective. We get the media always asking rhetorical questions, you know? So it's the same shit, like... <laughs> Why they, is it so popular? <laughs> they know it's fake, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or, like, it, it's from ancient times. Yes. or whatever. Like, it's always, like, a lot of the same yep. tropes are in all... Of, these have their own tropes. They always do. Yeah. And we've come to notice. Uh, and this one, by the way, was suggested by Mike Olson over on the Facebook group. And you, too, can put something for us to review. On our Facebook group, there's one of the announcement posts, one of the featured posts which is called Specific Episode Review Requests. Put in a link to it if it's on YouTube or somewhere on the internet, or just put the name of the show, and we will do our best to get to it. Thank you, Mike Olson, for this one. Quinn, without any further ado, Mm -hmm. let's find out what's going on outside the lines. Pro Wrestling's Hold On America, 1999. Oh, look, another wrestling's popular, so now let's shit on it special. (laughs) Brought to you by the fine folks at Espen. Very fine folks at Espen. Mm -hmm. Uh, We open with a voiceover about how wrestling is hot, It's big, and it's violent. It is hot. It's big. And violent. But it makes a lot of money, Mm -hmm. uh, so various wrestling merch and video games are shown, and then, I shit you not, I I timestamp this. I couldn't believe it when I saw this. 34 seconds in, we get the whole, it started in 9 million BC or whatever the fuck. All of this, a far cry from wrestling's ancestral roots as an ancient sport. Pictures of cave carvings of wrestling. I'm not kidding. I think that was Ric Flair. Yeah. I'm not sure. This was more the Roman era for Ric Flair's career. Um, But (laughs) yeah. on Romulus, actually. But anyway, yeah, they they just went for it immediately. Did you know it's been around a long time? I can't believe they... They they can't help themselves. They always show the cave paintings. Or or the the Roman golden things of wrestling on the side. Always. Then we get footage of shitty 70s WWWF with Bruno and Andre. And dirty bars and (laughs) dirty bars and smoky arenas. Yeah. Then we cut to Steve Austin on Nash Bridges, which actually gave it its highest rated season. Why didn't we just watch that instead, actually? Like, there you go. We were looking for stuff, right? I've never watched a single episode of Nash Bridges. I wouldn't know where to start with that. It's the Miami Vice guy, except now he's a cop. Like, it's it's like every other one of those shows. It's like, got to solve a case in 45 minutes or whatever. (laughs) Uh, Then a bunch of wrestlers, Quinn, were on TV Guide. Uh, By the way, Triple H was on Drew Carey not long ago. Uh, Look, another review idea, Joe. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Move over, Parma. Why have we not done Triple H on Drew Carey? I would do that. I like Drew Carey's show. Yeah. Uh, We see footage of Jesse Ventura being sworn in as governor. And then we get Randy Savage for Slim Jim on a mountain. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Regular athletes like wrestling, too. Athletes such as Carl Malone, Reggie White, Dennis Rodman, and Kevin Green. Mm -hmm. And then we see some football player crotch chopping on the field. And somehow in this footage, Billy Silverman made it into it. Well, he's on everything, right? He's even got to be on this. There's like a 21% chance you're going to see Billy Silverman if you're watching something wrestling. I think that's a low percentage. Maybe it's like 50. Yeah, it's like 50 or something. (laughs) Get a random cut to Bret Hart out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, I couldn't believe this. This is like a parody of our show. Like this, I couldn't believe that this is, this is the first thing we hear from Bret Hart in this, just out of nowhere too. Like completely like it doesn't even belong in (laughs) this part. I'm the Robert De Niro of wrestling. I'm the Robert De Niro of wrestling. (laughs) 
I love it. What? I love it. Uh, Mick Foley says it's like Larry Bird in tights. Please stop. <laughs> Larry Bird. But now, Quinn, we have to talk about how dark wrestling is. Steroids! <laughs> like, it's like immediately, dun, 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 needle. Like, yeah. like fucking, they immediately show a needle. and <laughs> Brian Pillman died, That you could know? be a vaccine for all we know. Like, it could be anything. <laughs> it could be anything. They could have just put water in it, and they're squirting it out just for the camera. Vitamin B shot. Yeah. We briefly see Melanie Pillman. And of course, Quinn, that question, what about the kids? And the sex. And then we get Vince real quick. Damn it, it is America. Go live in your world. Don't like us. Click us off. That's how I feel about the current WWE. <laughs> a lot of people do. Yeah. Anyway, we get a brief intro, intro bumper before we cut over to Bobley. Or spelled Bobley, like Bobley. one one word. <laughs> on the Chiron. On the Chiron. Yes. The Chiron, okay, a forewarning here. The Chiron is absurd in this. This is like next level bad. I couldn't believe how bad it was. Barely legible half the time. Barely legible. They just make up their own like title, like subtitles for people. It's poor. Like at at different, and they change throughout the show. Yeah. Why pro wrestling on Outside the Lines? Yes, we know these matches are scripted drama, sports entertainment. Bob Lay, by the way, is looking like 2012 Kevin Kelly yeah, here. he does look like him. He does. He's in a dark gym, standing in a ring. It's probably Gleason's or something. But uh, anyway, he explains, there's WWF, there's WCW, and they're both good, but this business fucking sucks, and we're going to talk about that. Hide your kids! <laughs> so first up, we go over to Cincinnati, where Monday Nitro is taking place, and people are very happy to be there. Yeah. Doesn't look unpleasant no. or anything. We see a Goldberg entrance. Mm-hmm. Tonight, he'll be teaming with Ric Flair to take on Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash. Yeah, thanks. I hate it. What? <laughs> I feel like, but I will say this. They're acting like a random tag match is what drew 20. Yeah. Like the people, when they went to Nitro, you didn't even know what match was going to be on there. <laughs> like, Yeah, they don't announce it until the beginning of the fucking show yeah, usually, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, we now got to hear Bill Goldberg talking about how, you know, he psychs himself up for the entrance. And I got to say, it is usually longer than his matches, so I don't blame mm-hmm. him. Anyway, he was on. He was the Grand Marshal of the Cracker Barrel 500. He, very weird things they just list here yeah. about Bill Goldberg. He appeared on Jay Leno wearing a very stylish sweater. He even went on live with Regis and Kathy Lee. Shut Hell up, yeah. Quinn. Shut up. Yes. <laughs> See, always working, Regis. He's always got the wrestlers on. Now you're undefeated, right? Now you're in the WCW, right? Well, I, how is that I, one different? Know, I don't even know the WWF people. Is that different? Meanwhile, Kathy Lee. Oh, God, get this, this shit. Get this shit off. Where's Cody? Yeah. Anyway, he testified for animal rights. <laughs> that one was weird. I did not see that coming. Oh. They were like, he's 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 in the animal rights movement hey, or something. Not? He was also a pitchman for the Illinois Lottery. What? We get a talking headshot now of Goldberg uh, saying how you know it's really good to do. It's good to spread yourself. Then it's good. You have to take advantage of the moment, and if it means spreading yourself, then so be it. But did you know, Quinn, in February of 1999, we're told that wrestling was in the 20, in 21 of the top 25 cable programs. Wow, how much wrestling was on? God. Like, how many? There has to at least be 21 shows. Yeah, could there be 21? Okay, Saturday Night Pro. Yeah. yeah. Um, World, yeah but that's not cable. Worldwide. Pro's, Pro They're and, on cable, though. Pro that's, and Worldwide are not on cable. Oh. Saturday Night is. Okay, so Superstars, Live Wire. Uh, yes, those are both still all on. All the recap shows. What? Raw. Raw. Heat. That's Heat. five I'm up to. Nitro is six. Thunder is seven. How is there 21? That can't be true. Unless they're splitting out the two hours oh, of Raw. Zo- zone War and Raw zone, zone, Raw zone. And then I bet you even WCW for the ratings purposes did the same shit. And then Nitro, Nitro was, was three, three hours. hours. So that's three shows right there. Yeah. I, that's the only thing I can think of because ECW wasn't on cable yet. No. Not on TNN until late night. Right. So I don't know. But anyway, we cut to Terry Bollea. That's Hulk Hogan, you know, 
Who says that, uh, you know, we don't sell anyone short. We don't knock someone out in 20 seconds. We don't knock somebody out in 20 seconds. He says this while wearing the WCW belt that he won via poke to the chest, well, but, you know, yeah. it's fine. A uh, random cut to Buff Bagwell and then Satan Taker. Very 1999 here. Oh my God, really? And then various other WCW and WWF guys are shown, including The Rock, Austin Hogan, Jericho, Bret Hart. Hey, here's Chris Jericho to explain that wrestlers, you know, their jobs try to get the fans to care. I need to note that they list him as Chris Irvine, yeah, like the whole they, show. They do. Chris Irvine with like Chris Jericho in teeny letters yeah. underneath it. Again, this cryon's incredible. We need to know his real name. Yeah. It's very important to the this story. This is a very serious thing. So we, we're speaking to Chris Irvine, not Chris Jericho. Right. Then Eric Bischoff, the evil goatee version, says that, you know, the fans love this stuff. Hair is really bad here. It's the gray. Not only, did he, not only is it gray, but he also is in the short hair mode where he cut it yeah. all short. He looks very weird with the goatee it's and the like short gray. It's yeah. like I don't know. Like it, it's like He's like in a transitional period where he's trying to figure out what's going to be my gray hair cut. Trying to figure out what's going to be his next job, too. Mm. Anyway, we get the billionaire version of Vince. You know the version. Where he's <sighs> So boisterous. Like, he thinks he's so fucking good. Got, I hate this. He's got his wee-wee out through his pants as he he's does this. He's so awful on this. He like, is. He's terrible. And he's like, you know, we bust our butts because we love to entertain our audience. They dictate to us, not the other way around. We listen to them. <laughs> so it's no surprise that there's no good guys anymore. Now it's bad guys versus worse. And then we see clips of 80s Hogan to try to make that point. You know, Hulkamania was a profit center for the WWF. But today, he's Hollywood Hogan, and he's a bad guy. And then the whole, <laughs> Hogan himself is like, yeah, I did it for the money. I turned heel for the money. Fuck Hulk's it. very frank on this. <laughs> he is frank. Yeah. You know, Frank Bolea. I did it for the money. Vince now comes in. He's like, no one knows anyone in the real world that asks you to, you know, if you took your vitamins or said your prayers. That's bull crap. You don't know one person in life that goes around in your world saying, have you taken your vitamins? Have you said your prayers and things of that nature? That's bull crap. Meanwhile, Goldberg is hanging out with Wally Zerbiak, a uni University of Miami forward. Who? I don't know. I don't even know who that is. It's supposed to be a big deal, though. We go back to Vince McMahon, who says, uh, we out cartoon the cartoons. We're better than everything. He's, like, so... he's, he's insane here. He is. This is like the was the worst time to interview Vince McMahon, where he's like on top of the world. <laughs> 99 to like 01 was the worst. Yes, I totally he's just agree. So like he's like, I can say anything and we're going to make billions of dollars. Yep. It doesn't matter. Yep. So Jericho's here now to say that it's a 90s version of a morality play, let's go with. Goldberg thinks they're more like Wiley e. Coyote. I gotta say, Goldberg is coming across very likable in this, isn't like he? A, like a nice guy, yeah, he, businessman. He, he like, honestly is. That He actually comes off like he understands the business, even though like he had this reputation of not. Well, he had a reputation of sucking in the ring, yes. Right, but he also had this reputation of like... He always says, like, oh, people were leading me on and shit in the back. But, like, honestly, from, like, pretty early on, he was pretty careful about what he said and what he did. And he wasn't... He wasn't a bad representative. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll give him that. Back to Bobby in the ring saying that this is actually Killer Kowalski's ring. There you go. I was clarified, Joe. I was close, you know, to Gleason's. Yeah. And then he says sweaty soap opera, you know, because alliteration. This is his ring where aspiring pro wrestlers learn the mechanics of his sweaty soap opera. And then a Shakespeare reference is shoehorned in here before we cut to The Rock entering the ring. So Bob Lay here with a line. This man's name really isn't The Rock. Shut up. This man's name isn't really The Rock. What was that? Why do we need to do that? Yeah, and, uh, why, why did he? Why did that need to be written into the script? <laughs> yeah, really. This guy—that's not his real name. Yeah, no shit. What do you think that he goes on the street? I'm the Rock. <laughs> what is the Rock on his driver's license? Like <laughs> stupid.
So we cut to Dwayne Johnson, I guess, now explaining that, you know, we have writers to write for, a, they write for a month or so at a time. Exposed, Joe. They have writers. writers. You believe that? The Rock says that the writers are really in tune with The Rock. He means Russo. Yes, he does. Yeah. Russo was still very much there. Even though Russo never did anything. Yeah. It's terrible. He's the worst one ever. He, I don't even know what he was doing there collecting a paycheck. Bro. Bobby here says that the creative think tank makes all these decisions, you know, like who's going to wear the belt and who's going to win. And from that, we cut to Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite image of him, and I sent this. First of all, can we set the stage what he looks like? He's got yeah. this weird, blonde, slick back hair. He looks like Dino Bravo near the end. He's got a horrible, like, just, like, sweatshirt on. Like, it's he not does a sweatshirt. It's like a Henley. And all she wants to do is dance, dance. And then it says, Kevin Nash member of the WCW creative <laughs> team on the cryon. It's real. It's incredible. And he basically says, you know, we brainstorm, but then we got to get down to nuts and bolts, blah, blah, blah. So basically you have to write stuff. Yeah. And also I feel like they intentionally, or he intentionally wanted to look nerdier here. So he looked like an intellectual and then he wrote shit. Like he was aware that know. they were interviewing him as a creative type. I think he's just wearing his casual attire. Don't you think? He's wearing a nice Henley. It's a nice shirt. He was one step away from wearing the like wire brim glasses that were popular in the 90s that I like hold, held on to for a while. Like I'm not going to say how long. Yeah. But you can go back and watch some of our old stuff. But it, if I guarantee you he had those. Maybe. Bret Hart now says, you know, the fans want storylines beyond their imagination as we cut to the beer bath. Remember when Shakespeare did that? <laughs> that, that was in one of his plays, a beer bath. Very Shakespearean. Shakespearean. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Jericho says that two guys in a pair of trunks exchanging holds for 20 minutes isn't going to rivet people. Isn't that literally AEW's focus now? Things anyway, change, Joe. It I is 1999. This is like 22 years ago or something. This is where you want like a two-minute match yeah. at most on, yes. on your TV. King Kong Bundy, also known here as Chris Pallies. Yeah, Chris Pallies in big letters. <laughs> yep. King Kong Bundy, yep. little letters. He makes a very happy cameo. I miss him. I wish he was still yeah, alive. Yeah, he wasn't wrestling. He'd been not in the big time for like four years yeah. by this point. It was weird seeing him here. And he's all jolly here and he explains that you know the end of every raw the end of every nitro that's you know that's the crescendo and then you want to cut it off right there so people tune in next week it's very relevant in 1999 <laughs> Bundy, just saying and then tony shivani looking very annoyed that he has to do this says that you know my famous line is we're out of time then they cut to him literally saying it it calm down i couldn't believe that was like so stupid you know i say this thing clip to him saying this yeah. thing who would edit something like that where you clip to the reference that's being said i mean geez. yeah it's insane my famous line is, fans, we're out of time, we gotta go. We're out of time! We're gonna see you Thursday night! Look at this! We now see clips from the NWA of New England with some dirty team named House of Pain. The New England Matt Wars show, here we go. Oh god, yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is this is it. We're finally getting the backstory behind the New England Matt Wars. Gee, gee just what I've always wanted. <laughs> anyway, one of the guys from House of Pain got legitimately hurt, and guess what? That's not good because the promoter, Tony Rumble, needs to get some shit done around Who? here. Oh, Tony I'm, Rumble. I'm sure Crockett's going to be yelling at his at, at his uh, podcast player right now. We've, we've watched Tony Rumble before. We have? Yeah, don't worry about I, it. I don't, it's okay. I've never seen him it's ever. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And we get a clip of them actually sitting there writing all this shit down. Maybe we could we could screw him over on the way to the ring. Like, let's get him to sucker Joe Guller out. He leaves, and then they can attack him. Now, it's weird that this cheap shit has the budget, Joe, to have yeah. like a conference room and a booking table and a projector to go over like this shitty indie wrestling storylines <laughs> that are nothing like that. <laughs> nobody knows because 
but how do you keep up with this was always my problem with indie wrestling how the hell do you keep up with the storylines unless you can go to every single live show that they do or watch a program yeah. which i don't know how many of them really had any especially by 99 but maybe they did maybe they had some local shit that's what i'm saying local up in new it was england on at like two in the morning most likely not going up there yeah just to watch this yeah. anyway archangels is said by tony rumble <laughs> Archangels. Uh, we get a recap of how this angle is going to happen, as if more than a thousand people ever even saw it. This is ridiculously elaborate for Andy. Yeah, the like, way they're going in all this. This is crazy to me. It's pretty crummy, too. Yeah. We get a horrible promo by, I guess, one of the House of Pain guys, where he's like, You're dead meat when I get you! He set me up, Odeo! You're dead meat when I get you, Odeo, brother! It's just like Shakespeare, this is, folks. This is exactly. These are all the Midsummer's Night's Dream and all these. It's just like it. Taming of the Shrew. Also, there's this thing called spots, and that's where the wrestlers talk about things that they're going to do. This is actually cool to see it. The backstage, think? the backstage part in like the hallway, I kind of liked. But that beyond, it's very fitting that they're in a fucking corridor talking right. about this. Because I because I actually do wonder if that's actually to this day people talk about spots in a hallway no, somewhere. I'm, it it I'm looks sure realistic. I'm sure that I'm sure it's in a locker room. Maybe. Yeah, I, I bet it is. That might be their locker room. Maybe. Anyway, we hear uh, we're going to body press them. We're going to body press them. Maybe Pete Winston was at this, Quinn. Perhaps Mike Crockett it's, was refing this. I'm not even. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. It's like might be around the time frame. Yeah, Crockett, were you refing in '99? Oh, that's Did interesting. Did he like just start, or maybe, maybe like it's a year from when he? Oh. I know he said before on the show that it's like the early 2000s. Yeah. I don't know though. We might, we might be before his time. I'm not sure. We might be a little. You could have been on ESPN, Crockett. Yeah. Anyway, the guy that got hurt or whatever. Gets hurt, and uh, House of Pain loses so he can go have surgery in real life. This whole thing is atrocious. I don't like any of oh, this. Oh, yeah, I didn't mind this. So poor. I thought it was a neat little backstage look, especially in 1999 Awful. where they do, it wasn't a lot of that. Where it just was interesting. Oh, yeah, like Beyond the Mat. Yeah, but that, was, that was just out at the same time. But the, the wrestling is bad. The storylines are bad. The promos oh, are bad. Yeah. It's terrible. But it, gives a, it gives a working knowledge of, like, how this actually operates. Yeah, I guess so. Some bald guy misses a moonsault. We hear terms from Bob Lee or whoever's doing the voiceover like angles, babyface, heels, and heat because mm -hmm. he's so hip, you know? Oh, he knows it. Greg Garber now talks to the Brain Trust here in New England about booking and how it <laughs> seems really fun. And Tony Rumble's like, yeah, it's just like playing with your G.I. Joes. Uh, okay. I don't... What? <laughs> <laughs> just like it. <laughs> yeah, also, it's the same thing. Tony Rumble's a character, you know, and he still wrestles. He put some guy named Trooper Gilmore over, and now he's going to kick his ass tonight. And then we go back to the hallway where we hear Rumble explain. He's like, I'm just going to kick your ass. Me and you in the second match? Okay. okay. I'm just going to beat the shit out of you. Then we see Tim McNini, who was a WWF jobber and a big star here, I guess, demonstrating moves like the side headlock. It's important, yeah. Joe. You know why? Because mm -hmm. it's a good place to talk. Oh, so now I know why I'm bored during the headlocks, Joe. It's they're just talking. They're just having a conversation <laughs> that I'm not a privy to. Maybe that's maybe that's why, Quinn. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Tony Rumble was mic'd up for his match, so we get to hear him call the spots against Trooper Gilmore. It sounds very pleasant, yeah, I'll be nice honest. It's it. very, okay, then you're going to do this. Like, Turn to your left. Boston Crab. Go over your left, baby. Suddenly, some gigantic manager oozes out. And he, <laughs> behind him is King Kong Bundy, Chris Pallies. Yeah. And then we see Bundy just kicking some ass. He needs a five count. It's crazy how much larger he is than everyone He's in this. Big boy. To me, that actually shows the difference between actual stars and indie people. Well, that's a good point, yeah. Glenn. Yeah, he's a big boy. You know what? Is that Todd Sinclair yes, as I the thought ref? I, that 100% is definitely him. You know who would know is either Crockett or Ian. Yeah. Ian might know. Anyway, Tony Rumble's happy because the kids are happy, but guess what, Quinn? What? Kids watch wrestling at home, and they say suck it sometimes. What? Let's go to break. 
This is presented by AT&T, a very upstanding company. Uh, we're back now with Bob Lay, <laughs> who reminds us that kids love wrestling. But what is the message they get from <gasps> it, Joe? I don't know, Quinn. So WCW, this is very backwards. WCW is criticized for its violence and gang imagery. But, but WWF's like, yeah, we don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Stupid. They, they even did a Super Bowl commercial making fun of people criticizing them. They did. And we get a voiceover package now, which explains that the WWF does the following. Simulates sex. Okay. Flashes flesh. There's that fucking alliteration again. Flashes flesh. You mean everyone isn't wearing a shirt? Yeah. Are they counting that or are they counting like Sable? Yeah, probably stuff like that. Okay. Uh, they flip the bird. Ooh. Oh. They draw blood and then they drink it. That's a little weird. I know. Though. That that actually has happened. Too. Yeah, no, it happened. Uh, and then they throw in the occasional human sacrifice. Yeah, again, weird. By the way, no one looks back at this as good. No. I didn't even think it was good you know, at the time. I will time. say ESPN was very timely here picking 99 to, yeah. to, to look at this shit. Because in 98... They this is when they really were doing this. Yeah, in 98, they weren't doing most of what they're talking about yes. here. And in 2000, they weren't either. No. Just like some weird shit like the hand. But other yeah. than that, it wasn't that bad. The hand uh, was funny. It, it's no, it wasn't. so stupid. It wasn't funny, that though. That shit was so stupid, Joe. When it wasn't That funny. made me laugh even back then, and it made me laugh now, because it just doesn't even make any sense at all. No, it's poor. <laughs> Triple H does the let's get rid of the suck it thing, and then some kid at home yells suck it at the TV and bothers his friend. Because he's a WWF fan. See? Fuck it! 13-year-old Corey Fear can't get enough WWF attitude. He's a little asshole because of wrestling. <laughs> This kid is looks like a little jerk. Oh, they found the right kid to make uh, their point. Spiky blonde hair. He's wrestling his friend on the side, and and they show him hitting other kids with with chairs in his backyard on a trampoline. He's the kid that like pulls the legs off of frogs and he catches in the pond. You know yeah. what I mean? And now he's the kid that's probably just an accountant somewhere. He that's actually, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like he probably is pretty normal. I think he got arrested five years ago for uh, distributing weed. Actually, what you looked this kid up? Of course I did. Oh God! So his name is Corey Fear, and uh, he backyard wrestles. Fear. Yeah, Fear, literally. That's not his name. That's their name. Corey Fear. That sounds like a wrestling gimmick. I know. But anyway, they backyard wrestle like pretty much every 13-year-old at the time. I mean, I did that. Did you That's do that? That's true. All yeah. the kids were doing that. Yeah. I did it before this. Yeah, like, I probably I would, did, we, too. We wrestle on the lawn. In like 95, I was yeah, doing that yeah. shit. Wasn't because yeah. of the Attitude Era. I was doing it when Aldo Montoya was coming <laughs> So out. was uh, I, like I wanna, right? Yeah. I defended the million-dollar belt in my fake federation. Yeah, I had the fake Intercontinental belt, too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's been suspended three times for yelling, suck it. Maybe stop yelling, suck it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we get an interview with Corey now, who was asked, when you say suck it, what are you telling somebody? Then he's got the line of the show here, <laughs> man. It's just a gesture. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm not saying, get your head down there and suck it. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry because that's funny. You I will know what say I mean? this. Uh, you know what I love about interviewing kids about this? They're very frank. Like yeah, they're he's just, just like, being honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in all seriousness, I used to say it too. I didn't yeah. do it in school. Yeah. Because I didn't want well, to I get don't, in trouble. I, I didn't need to go through that. Right. Like I, I, as to, I looked at it as this is more of a hassle. Yeah. Like to have to, to get deal. in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. It's like really for that. But did I do it outside of school yeah. to my friends? Of, yeah, of course. We all said suck it. Did I mean literally suck my? No. no. You just saying it because the wrestlers do. In fact, the term got so far removed from that. It right. was like it was just what you did. Like it right. was just it was just kind of like a cool like because you're yeah. doing the motion and everything. Yeah. And the motion was even tamed down, by the way, by DX because they did the. Remember at the, first it was pointing at your dick, but then shop. they turned yeah. it to an X. Yes. So it started to mean degeneration X or yeah. whatever. And you thrust your pelvic region. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to his parents, Steve and Kathy Fear. 
Uh, Steve says, this is like the... This is my favorite part of the show. This is funny because Steve is using a, a, a poor defense here. He's like, well, he, Corey's not the only one that does it, which mm-hmm. is, is kind of a bad defense, yeah. honestly. Uh-huh. But... <laughs> this part, this part right here got a legitimate, like, yeah. I had to pause it and laugh. The interviewer was like, so we have a generation of kids saying suck it. And then Kathy goes, yeah. Yeah. And then it like, it like clips off of her and it's like, I don't know if they just edited it wrong or something. It was just weird yeah. how they isolated her voice and how it was cut off. Yeah, and it, it just weird. sounded really odd. Yeah. Now, a lot of kids, Quinn did say suck it, right? My whole fucking seventh grade class did, I think. Yeah, this time. I mean, that was just normal kid shit. Maybe the boys, not the girls, yeah. obviously. But But then we stopped. Yeah, yeah, then we got to high school and they're like, and, but it's you move on. You don't. You want to impress girls and they're like, why are you doing that? That's <laughs> stupid. And, and then you're like, oh, you're right. It is stupid. And also you get tired of doing things when you're in middle school or yeah. like, you, you yeah. move on to the next funny thing. Mm-hmm. You don't do this for like four years, you know? Yeah. It was like six months that we, this lasted. We had to step up our, our cursing and pranks right. in high school. Right, do other shit, man. Yeah. Come on. Anyway, a little boy named Thaddeus Simmons, very cute little boy, five years old. Mm-hmm. He got in trouble for yelling suck it in kindergarten because, you know, wrestling. Are we serious over here? We're going to talk sad. about it. Yeah, but on top of it, they're going to act like, I mean, five-year-olds just. He doesn't what, know what it means. Five-year-olds, they just see anything they say. I mean, like, you know, that, to me, this isn't fair. I guess like, that's their point, though, is yeah. that there's impressionable young kids watching. I guess so. But, I mean, if he doesn't know what it means. It doesn't have any meaning. he's not insulting anyone by saying it. Because the other five-year-olds don't know either. But, I guess it's still not a good defense. No, it's a, necessarily. Well, the point here, because now I'm a dad, right? Right, yeah. Ten years ago, I probably would have a different perspective, but we're older now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want my... He's four now. I wouldn't want him four or five. I wouldn't want him saying it. No. I understand that, you know? But at the same time, there's kids that are just going to say whatever the hell they hear on the TV. Right. That's always going to be They're true. They're going to say whatever catchphrase is of the time. But even if it's not wrestling, there's going to be kids that just hear something and say... You know the old story about the kids saying, fuck... You know, like everyone's kid says fuck or says a word and you have to pretend it's not funny. Yeah. You know, you don't laugh. It's just the kids are impressionable. So it's not just wrestling's fault is all I'm trying to say. Yep. I also wouldn't want my kid saying fuck. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. But I wouldn't blame, you know, Vince McMahon for that. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, at the same school, the sixth graders were suspended for doing the wrestling. Right. Understood. You don't want your kids roughhousing. Someone can get hurt. I mean, you're not even supposed to like fight like that at school anyway like every kid knows that but kids still do it of course so the principal yvonne allen she's like where did you learn all these things and they said you know on the wrestling like miss allen don't you know about the wrestling don't you know about suck it yeah she's like no yeah (laughs) oh miss allen they do it on the the wrestling program don't you watch the wrestling next we have dr brian o'connell a principal near buffalo he was outraged about this, Quinn. He was so outraged that he sent home a notice to parents that this shit wouldn't be tolerated. He hates this shit, Joe. He, he's like, fuck wrestling. Yeah. Not as on he, my school. He curses. Yeah, <laughs> imagine. But, so that wrestling can suck it. They make they make the kids say suck it, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so ESPN handpicks a mom of two to ask here. Uh, she has two sons, and she's very worried that they're getting carried away. But he's saying, you know, isn't this like a cartoon or a comic book? And the mom's like, no, no. Because I'm petrified that someday she's going to hear that some other kid put her son in a headlock and broke his neck. I will say this. That is a it's perfectly va- valid Listen, complaint. Because that, that did happen in the 90s. But again, I understand it. As a parent, I do get that. That you don't want your own child to be the I, victim of uh, that. Yeah, I think for parents in this case specifically, unlike a sport where there's a adult 
watching it, the kids would wrestle like because they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to. They do it behind the parents' back, right. and then somebody comes home with a broken wrist or something. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. But are kids going to be kids no matter what? No matter what the thing is, you're not supposed to do. Don't a lot of them do mm-hmm. it anyway? Mm-hmm. Don't they do stupid things? Yeah, I did stupid things as a kid that had nothing to do with wrestling that I were did. dangerous. Yep. You know, so I get the mom's concern, but she's probably concerned about everything if she's mm-hmm. worried about that. It was also heightened during this time period, Joe, because it was one of the most popular things on television. That's, I think that's, that's really what they're trying to hit, why they're picking on it, if you will. Yep, and I understand that too. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Brian O'Connell here, Quinn, he says, it's a monster is what it is. It's a nationwide monster, monster and it's got to be stopped. Um, and then we go to Vince. The principal is entitled to his opinion. I'm entitled to mine. A.K. he doesn't give a fuck because he's a billionaire. Yeah. Now, Vince, for all we've said here, right, I just want to preface this. I feel like he's really not even, like, there's no empathy from him about Zero. this. That's what's kind of shitty. And he has kids, too. Yeah, I know. And they're I know in the wrestling business. I know they're fully grown at this point, but still. But the thing with Vince, though, is he does make some cogent points here. Yeah. But he's being such a smarmy asshole about everything he says yeah. that it's hard to like him. You know I, what I mean? I agree. So we profile Vince now. He says that his show is conservative, you know, compared to what's out there. And until February, it was rated TV PG. Now it's TV 14. And Vince says, yeah, we say a few colorful words. We flip the finger. How bad is that compared to everything else on TV today? Mm-hmm. Compared to afternoon soap opera, we're Sunday school teachers. How bad is it compared to everything else that's out there on television today? When did you last watch, you know, afternoon soap opera? Oh, my God. Compared to afternoon soap opera, we're we're Sunday school teachers. So Vince is pretty crazy in the 90s. However, he isn't wrong. Everything on TV was getting a little more crazy. Jerry Springer, Howard Stern, yada, yada, yada. South Park. But it's his attitude. Like, no pun intended, by the way, because the attitude, which makes me, like, annoyed with him here. Like, he is just so irritating. He is. Because he's supposed to be, like, a businessman, and he's supposed to, like, appeal to all ages. The idea that he has, like, that he's aggressively, like, fuck parents is, like, really off-putting. Right. He should be a face of the company at at the very least. He's not like, I understand their concerns. He's basically just saying, well, fuck you, don't watch then. Right, yeah. Which is a good mantra for them. It really works. So some dad now named Tom Missile says that, you know, Vince can say all that, but guess what? The kids aren't coming to school talking about soap operas or NYPD Blue. Well, kids aren't coming to school discussing NYPD Blue, and they're not coming to school talking about latest storyline of General Hospital and Guiding Light. That's a good point. That's a very like, good it's point. It's a very good point. Yeah, Vince could be like, oh, Guiding Light. Ha, ha, ha. They're not watching All My Children. Right. Well, I was, but... You're an anomaly. Yeah. But they're not mimicking those things, and this Tom Missile over here has a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. So back to Vince, who says, there's no murder on my show. There's no blood and gore. So that just makes it okay. <laughs> and so, I, that would happen eventually anyway. That's the worst. Two, <laughs> yeah, remember when right? Vince got killed? Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst defense ever. Yeah, well, I don't kill anyone. Yeah. Come on, man. Now we do the, because ESPN needs to exemplify things, we show a quick clip of the choppy, choppy <laughs> PP incident. <laughs> Mick Foley, who is generally a voice of reason, truthfully. Yeah. He's like, that was a low point for the show. He's not wrong. That no, was stupid. It was, it was weird. Did it make people chuckle some people? Yeah, it I'm did, sure it, it did. It made me chuckle, but. But still, it's not like quality television. I When I, I was understand. a kid, I didn't think they really cut his penis right, off. I didn't but either. I was just like. Um, this is dumb. He would probably uh-huh. be screaming in agony. <laughs> right. and There would be blood everywhere. Right. And then Vince comes in, 
Oh my god, they do castration? Shut up, Vince. <laughs> oh my god, they do castration. No, 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 no. Yeah. See, again, I would defend him, but he's acting like such an ass here. I know, and then he's like, we didn't see a damn thing. And you know what? It is true, because if you recall, John Wayne Bobbitt was the one that was revealed to have turned the lights off before they could cut Val Venus's penis off with right. a sword. This is all real. This happened. This, I'm not saying it's good, but it's real. Anyway, Vince and ESPN watch the um, Mark Henry and Sammy clip. And just to remind <laughs> you, this is, this is where Mark Henry in the sexual chocolate mode... Well, anyway, he yells, uh, you got a penis! <laughs> now, Vince laughs here. Yeah, this is stupid, And he's but... like, I, 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 found, I found that comedic. Ha, ha, ha. I'm sorry. I, I find that comedic. So some nine-year-old here who watches without his parents' supervision thinks that they make a man into a girl, and then they switch that around, and then they mate together, and his dad saw it and told him never watch it again. And you know what? Listen, these could be isolated incidents. You know what I mean? You can find parents that disapprove of their kids watching wrestling. Right. And you can find these stories. And you can also find stories of perfectly normal like situations right. where a kid understands what's going on, doesn't think anything of it, and their kid their dad is in the background and doesn't yeah. mind it. I don't know. I think though, with this specifically, I think the way this is this is I think this is a decent report actually. It's not it, it bad. Because it shows both sides. And on top of it, I think all kids are different. Yes, they They're, are. All kids are different. So the idea that WWE was broadly showing this is kind of the issue, is what's at issue, right? Well, I is understand. that when all types of kids can see it, you got some of them that are very confused, and then you got some of them who are like, haha, it's fake or whatever. Right, right. You know? Well, Vince says himself that, you know, that wasn't appropriate for a nine year old to see. Then why is he mocking parents? Well, like, I'll do this. I'll just play Vince's point of view. Not that I agree or disagree with it, but just for your sake yeah. here. What do you say to the parents that, you know, their kid is watching this show at 10 o'clock at night and they're not supposed to be? I mean... That's one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not his fault that they're watching it, is it? Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. I, I I'm do not think a lot, agreeing or I do not. think a lot of this backlash show, looking back at it, has a lot to do with the sudden shift over at WWF to yeah. this. Yeah. And a lot of parents probably knew of the WWF as a family-friendly product. Right. And they figured, well, I can let my kids watch two hours of this on a Monday, and I don't have to worry about it because it's, maybe. Ju it's just wrestling. Maybe. Right? Maybe it, that's where what, the misconception was. What, what are the good was. guys going to beat the bad guys up? Right. Like, good you point. Know, that, I think that's a lot of the That's the a great issue point, Quinn. Yeah. But Vince does explain that he wants parents to exercise their freedom of choice. We wholeheartedly would want parents and everyone to be able to exercise their freedom of choice. Click. That's not for me. So that scared mom again says that, you know, I control what my children watch, but I can't control what happens in school. Good point. That's another point. Yep. Other parents let their kids watch, and guess what? They sell toys in the store, damn it. Again, fair point. I mean, both sides are making really good points here. This is actually one of the more balanced approaches not a job. to the, this I've ever seen. You're right. It's not this a hatchet job. This is actually, like, really good. It's okay. Yeah, I agree. They're allowing both sides to make their points, and they're not saying one's... The, the editor's not saying one side's right and True. the other's wrong. So Phil Mushnick now, of course, has to rear his greasy head to explain that, <sighs> you know, the action figures aren't being bought by adults. They're for the eight-year-olds. Yeah, just you wait, Phil. But here today, guys, like I said, we're going to be going through my top 10 favorite figures or top 10 figures that I want the most or I'm most hyped for. Also, anytime Phil Mushnick appears on the screen, I can't take him I seriously. Because he, he's a little too far yeah. with it. You know what I mean? He's ridiculous. He's, he's too far. 
But we profile Phil now and how much he fucking hates Vince McMahon and the WWF. And the WWF t- sells t-shirts with vulgar expressions on them. But anyway, the ESPN guy here is Mark Schwartz, and he tells us that Raw is on Monday nights. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> so there's a weekend show, though, that the kids can watch, Vince says. <sighs> he can't be serious. No kid like watching. fucking recap Come show. on. But maybe they make it shitty on purpose. See, this is what I'm saying. Vince is always like, well, there's a recap show. We edit it so yeah. that like it's okay for kids, but which you, is also probably they have to because it's like syndicated or whatever. No, it's on cable. But oh, that's true. It is at this point on cable. It's on USA. Right. But even so, no kid watches that. And if they do, it's only to supplement Raw. No, well, it's when not I to- watched it as a kid because I was just in case like something like I yeah. was always like, well, sometimes they show like an exclusive match or some shit that I yeah. missed. So, but really, you already watched Raw. Yeah, yeah, you're watching it over again. But Mark Schwartz here says that it features shit from Mondays anyway. So fuck, fuck that argument, basically. Yeah. And would you believe Quinn that advertisements are targeting the younger demographic? Holy shit! Wow. This I say, can they even control WWF? Can they control that? Because doesn't the station sell ads? I don't know how it works. I thought the whole point is that you're, the, the station's paying for your product so that they can sell ads. What you're providing as the WWF here, you're providing the attraction. Possibly. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I do. Vince says that they need to market to everyone, including the kids, but also the 18 and above. That is true. Mm-hmm. This is being honest. We market to everyone. Right. McMahon insists his audience gets it, that his wrestlers are in fact actors, and he doesn't buy the argument that his younger viewers can't distinguish fiction from reality. Let's give the younger compliment a little bit of credit in terms of what's real and what what is it. Of course they know that we're entertainers. I have to admit, this makes Vince look kind of like a jerk. Dude, some kids might not know the difference, like yeah. for real. I mean, we now cut to Scott Hall saying Montreal was a work. Okay, I made that up. <laughs> but uh, No, I mean, some kids definitely can, right? I could at age 13, mm-hmm. couldn't you? I could. You knew it wasn't real. So Michael Jones, 13, he thinks wrestling's real. I think it's real. Why? Cause show blood and stuff. Which, from a kid's eye, is a valid point. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Like he might have. He might have conned into it and said they say it's fake, and then he sees someone get busted wide open. If he didn't watch wrestling before, he'd be yeah. like, "How could it be fake? They're bleeding." I guess, Quinn. Yeah. Scared mom says that her kids think it's real, even though they tell them it's not. Well, she has a scared mom haircut. By the way, just saying. She just seems like she's worried about everything. You Uh know what I mean? So, I mean, you can't do much about that. Uh, Vince bitches again. You know, he's like, just don't fucking watch it if you don't like it. Again, it's a fair point. Yeah, and guess what? It's been a good strategy for 20 years Mm -hmm. because people have steadily stopped. People have not watched it anymore. (laughs) You don't like it, don't watch it. Okay. I won't. Um, (laughs) But Vince says, you know, the public votes with their wallets. And guess what? They embrace what the WWF is doing. Well, that's true. I know. I actually think this, again, I'm going to say it now that we're done with it. It's a well-balanced look at this. It's the most fair look I've ever yeah. seen at this. But wow, was Vince coming off as a dick. He wasn't he doing himself any favors no. here. No. And the sad truth is, yeah, if WWF's making a lot of money, then the public is voting with their wallet. It's true. Plain and simple. So Yeah. I think both sides had good points here, is all I, all I want to say. I do. I understand all the parental concerns and all that. And some of what Vince said is valid. Right. But and a lot of some of what the parents said was that's valid what I'm saying. too. It was like this is a product that it's on when our kids can watch it and you know it's not it, it seems like it's not being controlled or whatever. It comes down to like you're Vince, you're saying this isn't for kids, all of it, but they're watching it anyway and then they're mimicking it and we don't like that. And he's like, Well then turn it off. And they're saying, Yeah, but other kids still watch it. I can turn yeah, it so off. So then the, it, the other just, kids at school are gonna be like, DX suck it and then 
other kid comes home. He's like, DX suck it. I want to watch wrestling. Yeah. Now. Why like, can't I watch wrestling mom? You and know? then that becomes a whole freaking thing. But it's not like Vince McMahon is the root of all evil here. It's no, just, that- it's just, I think that the point the parents were making was, can we tone it down a little bit? The parents weren't saying like wrestling Maybe. should be banned. Well, the one just, guy was, remember yeah, it's a so, monster. Yeah. But I mean, for the most part, a lot of them were just like, I just wish they would not do weird shit right. like that. Understood. <laughs> you know, back to Bobby. Who brings up steroids again, because you have to when you talk about wrestling. And we go to break. We come back with a shot of Bill Goldberg on the gridiron in Georgia. Did you know also that Kevin Nash played basketball? Did he now? Randy Savage played baseball. Oh, really? And Dwayne Johnson was, of course, on the Miami Hurricanes. University of Miami Hurricanes. I like radio. But does this qualify them as athletes? Yes, it does, you moron. Of course it does. What? What kind of fucking question is that? What they do is athletic. They were athletes. Yeah, what the fuck? So we asked Carl Malone that and only that, thankfully, and he says, yeah, they're great athletes. Clip of Sabu not botching something for <laughs> once. It's good. They needed to show that they're athletes. <laughs> we cut to Randy Poffo saying, uh, it's physical, but it's entertainment. Who's he, Randy Poffo? <laughs> Isn't that weird? It's, all the real names. All the real names all over this is, Come on. is, is pretty funny. No one calls him Randy Poffo. Like, no, we don't need not, his real name. Not anybody at all. He's just Randy Savage. Yeah. Anyway, he has a great line. Uh, sometimes you're expected to jump out of the grandstands into a Dixie cup, you know, without water. <laughs> Stupid. Kevin Nash says, uh, you know, the way we can do this every night. Yeah, it's athletic. By the way, the cryon, 5.1 PPG in three seasons at Tennessee. Not like wrestler or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like noting that he was a basketball player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we profile Mick Foley now. and We see some of that barbed wire shit from Japan. Mick defies any other athlete to play with the types of injuries that the wrestlers get, which is true. I give him that. His cryon says at the bottom, ear torn off during match. <laughs> Mick Foley, ear torn off during match. It is true. Yep. 1994. Anyway, we had to... <laughs> it's insane. Like, all of them. Now, at this point, it was so distracting that everyone that came on, I would, like, pause and read it and chuckle. Yeah, they're like, funny. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so stupid. So we had to break, Quinn, but don't worry. We're going to be talking about steroids soon. That's why everyone's here. Okay, hi, we're back. Where Billy Graham is shown entering the ring in 1987. You know, he was superstar Graham. Yep. But he's had nine hip replacements. He's always in pain, and he blames steroids. And in 1994, he said that. He's like, you know, I wish I could do it again. I would never do it. It stinks. Vince McMahon sucks. Everyone sucks. Jeremy Schapp now with a video package. As we talk about Portland, Oregon, where the WWF have not been in six years. Okay, so that'd be 93, right? Mm -hmm. Vince says, you know, we'd love to go there. But apparently Oregon has the strictest drug testing policies. Now, I'm not going to lie at this point. That was very telling. Yeah, I never knew uh, that. I ne- this this opened my eyes to something. I didn't know about this. I thought this was super fascinating, yeah. actually. Like, I wanted to look into it more. I've never ever. Yeah, and maybe I will or some people could let us know. Yeah, but- this, this whole story was like, holy shit. That's like essentially an admission of guilt of even in the late 90s of what was going on. Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is crazy. Go go on, but I mean, yeah, it gets it gets weirder. I don't know how other um, how other way to say that. So, WCW almost went there, but he said, fuck it, after the drug testing Yeah, like Bischoff also. wasn't aware Vince was, so Bischoff started booking a show, and then he got like a book back or something, like they, they sent something. It's like, these are the drug testing policies, and they're like, bye. He told ESPN that 12 days after his office forwarded its drug testing laws to WCW, WCW said it would not come to Oregon. Why did you pull out? I have no idea. Aren't you in charge? Out of everything. (laughs) 
Bischoff's like, uh, I don't really know why we didn't go there, but everyone thinks it's because of the drug testing rules. <laughs> That's like, fairly it, obvious. Yeah, I know, right? Holy shit. How did we never know about this? This is this is like one of the most damning things, right? this, this specific thing. So we get a clip of Hulk Hogan with Billy Graham at the Slammies for fun, and now mm-hmm. we recap Vince's steroid trial. Bret Hart now comes in to say that he did experiment with steroids when he first joined the WWF. And then we're told that stories were outlawed in 1991 for non-medical reasons. As we cut to George Zahorian walking down the street like a big dork. Are they going to interview him? I was hoping so. I was like waiting for it because they actually, they're like, he's been out of prison or something. Yeah. Like, And he went to prison for three years or something like that. But we don't get to hear from him, yeah. but... He was convicted of distributing steroids, and Vince promised to clean his company up. But the WWF wrestlers now say that's all changed. Mick Foley says they only test people they believe may have a problem. Mm -hmm. Now they tend to to test people they believe may have a problem. Cut to Vince who agrees. He says, you know, we need to have a reasonable cause. For example, if I see someone with a syringe... What a dick. If I see someone with a syringe hanging around... You know, whatever the case may be, I think that's reasonable cause. That's bullshit. It is. You have that's to admit, like that, to that, that's like again, face of the company here, head yeah. of the company. Just he looks so bad in this. He looks like, like an asshole. The funniest part is that he could say, "Well, they cut it all up," but why did he say this? Right, like, right. What, what? What are you doing? It's not good. By the way, Vince says, "Is there steroid testing in baseball?" I don't think so. Is baseball a sport? Son of a gun. Same thing with hockey. Fair point. Does he have to be a prick about it, though? Like, <laughs> he's so annoying here. Is there steroid testing in the, in baseball? I don't think so. Is baseball sport? Son of a gun. It's very convenient that he's now comparing himself to other sports when normally he's not a sport. Right. You notice that? But now I'm a sport when it comes to drug y- testing. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But anyway... The NFL and NBA do drug tests, we're told. Also, WCW happens to have an anti-drug clause in its contract, where Eric Bischoff admits is flat-out a PR move. Yikes. <laughs> Why are they saying stupid stuff? It's a PR move. Why um, are they saying this? What the fuck are they doing? Know, at least they're honest. I know. I just mean to say is like this is the kind of things you don't say to a reporter. Gosh. Well, certainly we test for steroids because that's the thing that we're, you know, this is more of a, of a, a public relations initiative on our part because we know the sensitivity that's out there jeremy shop says do you mean you're not serious about this and bischoff's like no we're serious but we're not dumb if one of our guys uses steroids it'll have a horrible effect on the company both people running the shows sound very very bad here dr gary wobbler says one thing steroid testing cannot be is a pr move one thing drug testing cannot be is a pr event and apparently he was an expert in the Vince McMahon trial. He kind of looks like James Lepton. Good evening. I'm James Lepton. Eric says that people still use them and they've been found using them. And despite the drug testing policy, this happens. So shop asks how many wrestlers do they have under contract? And he says, uh, maybe 80 or 90. So ESPN wants to know how many have tested positive. Bischoff doesn't really know. He's like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15%. It's pretty bad. Job. <laughs> I know. It's just- how does he not know? He should know he, that. Vince should know, and he should know on the respective rosters how many got yeah, steroids. They should. Uh, Hulk Hogan now says, you know, I'm down 70 pounds from my heyday. Shut up. And I'm steroid free, but not everyone in WCW is, as we cut to Scott Steiner posing. Buff Bagwell chimes in to say, you know, I don't want to be told that. I don't want to be told I use steroids because I go to the gym a lot. Yeah, that's why he looks like that. Doesn't he have calf implants? <laughs> 
<laughs> talk about going to the gym while you fuck. Uh-huh. Anyway, clips of fans chanting steroids at Scott Steiner. Well, he 100% say that there's no way. Come on, like seriously, Tony like day. I, there, it's impossible. <laughs> like even I, you know, I'm, I'm always the guy that says I defer to other people who might know the difference or whatever. Right. But this one is so obvious. Like, it's not even funny. All of a sudden he became Mr. Mr. Ripped and yeah. like b- bigger than he even was. And he already was big. Yeah. Was it really because of just working out? Yeah. Tony Legday, let us know. Anyway, Chris Jericho talks about eating properly and a good physique, which obviously he's an expert on these days. And he doesn't think it matters if the guys use steroids or not. You know, I mean, steroids isn't the question anymore, really. You know, I mean, even if guys are using it, why should it matter? Back to Vince who says that he doesn't perceive that the audience cares either because they don't. <laughs> Vince's yeah. words. Random, random cut now to Jerry Lynn mm-hmm. and Sabu and ECW as we go to break talking about how wrestlers die sometimes. Back to Bobley, who says that wrestling isn't a sport, but they do work hard. They have no off-season. They do this more than 200 times a year, and it can be deadly. Get a video package now for Brian Pillman, which is narrated by Kelly Neal. We see Pillman entering with WWF audio, but he's in WCW. That was very bizarre. Yeah, that was odd. You hear like Tony yeah. Schimmel as he's entering in like 92 WCW. I don't WCW. know why they clipped that that way. He was a star, we're told, but a year and a half ago, he died in his hotel room in Minnesota, age 35, which is, it's horrible. You know, when we get the, the 10 bell salute for Pillman. So freaking yeah, sad. Yeah, this is terrible. This is really horrible. I, I don't like having to talk about this because yeah. it's very sad. It's like such a sad way for this. Like, this is like the last report too, yeah. right? So the autopsy revealed that he died of complications from an enlarged heart, and he also had some cocaine in the system. Speaking of cocaine, that also contributed to the death of Eddie Gilbert four years ago. And last year, 27-year-old Louis Spicoli died after missing muscle relaxers with alcohol. This is all horrible. I mean, I don't like any of this. Mm -hmm. Over the last six years, 11 wrestlers have died with an average age of 36. And we see clips of some of them. Art Barr, Mm -hmm. Larry Cameron, Neil Superior... Kerry Von Erich, which was a whole different That was a lot thing. of different things. John Studd, who had nothing to do with drugs here. He had they, really? Hodgkin's lymphoma or something like that. Oh, that's silly. Why did they list him in there? I don't know. Uh, Rick Wilson, that's the renegade again. Not drug-related that I understand. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Dave Meltzer saying that this would be the equivalent of the NFL having 13 players die during the course of the year. And if that happened all the time, people might give a shit. The equivalent to 13 players in the NFL dying during the course of a year, or six or seven in Major League Baseball, six in the NHL, maybe three in the NBA. It'd be like that. That's the equivalent in other sports. And I think if there were 13 guys dying every season, active players dying every season in the NFL, I think people would go, oh my God, there's a real problem here. And that's a valid point from Dave here. He's basically saying a lot of people die in wrestling prematurely. That is, yeah, it's a fair point because he, he... you would flip out if like if that 13 happened in the NFL, NFL players yeah, every year just died. randomly. Yeah. So I get that. Uh, we see Kelly active ones. is yeah. The point too. Yeah, exactly. Active ones. So we see Kelly Neal walking around outside and she says that uh, it could be the prescription gr- drugs killing the wrestlers. Such a nineties news scene, by the way, as like Kelly Neal walking around a park, wearing a red blazer. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, This is like, you know, talking all serious and right. like, <laughs> It's just very 90s. Very 90s. So we get a clip now of Vince interviewing Melanie Pillman ugh, the night after Brian. Died. This whole thing is very sad to watch. Yeah, this is such a bad I idea, know. by the way. Holy shit. 
Now, I don't know. Looking back, I can't believe they interviewed her less than 24 hours. Like, that that's just wrong. Unless she really, really, really wanted to. Right. Like, and she begged them or something. Right, right. So we uh, cut to modern day Melanie now, who says that Brian used to go to all different pharmacies to get his stuff so he wouldn't get reported. Mm-hmm. That's that's just tough. Bret Hart says that wrestling doesn't have a widespread problem with drugs, but sooner or later it'll come up again. It always does. He's, I mean, he's right. He's right in that case. He's right in that case, but... It, do, it did come up again in the mid-2000s. I don't know how right he is about, is it widespread? I like, don't know. I think it was definitely widespread in the 80s because they all say how they were all doing cocaine that's like normal maybe not not so much by 99 well there was steroids and then there was prescriptions a lot of there's always problems Mm -hmm. kevin nash doesn't think that there's any more of a problem here with painkillers than in any other sport which is probably true is probably true actually yeah i don't know it might just be hidden better i I can't imagine that a lot of athletes especially like the nfl where you're getting yeah, I don't Shit know. fucked up all the time. Right. Like, they gotta be taking pain. There's no way. You would think, but I don't I know. I mean, they're prescribed and controlled. Right. But they're still taking them. We profile Louis Spicoli now, and apparently he used to take 50 somas a night. That's a muscle relaxer. Oof. That's more than 12 times the recommended dose. And apparently you could get it over the counter in Mexico. So he would drive uh, to Tijuana for two hours, get him for himself, get him for other wrestlers, and his sister confirms this. Rob Van Dam now says that he flushed all his shit down the toilet when he heard that Louie died, and now he doesn't take any drugs. Um, <laughs> okay, guess, there, there might be one. <laughs> I mean, the worst part about that comment there might be one was his drug. eyes were all bloodshot yeah, and stuff when he said it, and I was like, this is... I'm not worried about that one, though. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is a little weird. It's RVD, man. Yeah. Back to Brian Pillman, and apparently he had been injecting HGH for a year and a half. And Dr. James Lipton over here confirms that HGH can enlarge the heart. And apparently Melanie Pillman said that Hulk Hogan is the one that told Brian Pillman where to get HGH. And he told other wrestlers that too. Melanie Pillman says it was Hulk Hogan who told Brian he could obtain HGH from Dr. Edmund Chen at the Life Extension Institute. Hulk Hogan through a spokesperson denied that, but I mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Hogan knew someone. Well, didn't they say it was like this weird, like <laughs> special hospital that yes. likes steroids or yes. something? They were like pro steroids. Yeah, H pro HGH yes. or something. I don't know. I don't it know. does it does seem to add up. I don't, I don't like know if I don't know if it's true. I'm not saying it's true. This took a really a dark turn that I didn't yeah. like. There's nothing to make this fun became of here. like I mean, dark side of the ring yeah. at the end. What are we going to say about this? Yeah. You know, it's all unfortunate. It's a hard, it's a horrible business. It's just sometimes. what the report says, folks. Yep. So anyway, we see Melanie with little Brian Pillman Jr. And we're told that he wants to be a wrestler someday when he grows up. But Melanie doesn't want that specifically because she just doesn't want anyone else to have to go through what she did. Isn't he literally a wrestler in He's AEW right now? Literally a wrestler right now. Yeah. yeah. We go back to Bobley. Who says that the reason this shit is so popular is because people, the fans, are getting what they want out of it. But unfortunately, the issues of drug abuse or the impact on kids will only matter when the fans take the WWF's advice. Take your remote and hit the off button. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, the issues of drug abuse, or more importantly, the impact on kids of these violent and profane comedies... All of that will resonate only when enough fans take wrestling's own advice. Take your remote and hit the off button. And that's all. And what an abrupt ending, by the way. That was that closing. What a downer. Bob, Bob Lee really went quick there. He's just like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, 
I, I thought he was going to talk about something else. Yeah, that was. He said, "I'm going to talk about the economic situation," and blah, blah, and then he just is like, "If they turn it off, they won't make money." Yep. Bye. Well, that was that took a turn. Yeah, that did take a turn. Thanks Yikes. a lot, Michael. Jeez. <laughs> Anyway, I guess it was okay, but like I said, it doesn't really do much to solve any problems. It doesn't really raise that much new awareness. Believe me, I don't think we need to sit here and defend the wrestling business. I'm not here to do that because there's nope. obviously a dark underbelly of that, and I am completely aware of that. There's a whole show devoted to that. Yeah. Dark Side of the Ring. Watch but it. This was kind of just like, look, here's some problems. Here's a couple of kids and parents we handpicked that have weird things about wrestling. Here's a kid that got suspended. But for every kid that got suspended, Quinter has a problem. There's you and me. Yeah. And probably plenty of others that had no issues. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then they went to the the drug end of it, which, yeah, I mean, that's a fucking issue. There's obviously a lot of people that died. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. But the way they're talking about it doesn't really do much to fix anything. They just kind of listed a bunch of terrible things. And like, in all said, honesty, that's like what they did. They yeah. didn't even like, there was no commentary on it. No. Which, again, that is the thing I thought was good about this. Maybe. Is that there wasn't commentary on anything. I just don't understand what this what the entertainment volume here really is or what the it's something you play in the middle of the day on ESPN it's like look at this serious thing we did yeah do we know wrestling's dark sure have a lot of wrestlers died yeah do a lot of unfortunate things happen absolutely yep so I mean sure the influence on kids yeah is there a bad influence I'm I'm sure but again there's also people that kind of just do it because it's cool and then they move on Mm -hmm. they they stop watching wrestling or they watch it but it's not popular anymore so no one talks about it you know that's just what happens uh so this was an okay look at things i don't know i will say it was somewhat humorous at the beginning but got really serious at the end like it really didn't like again the cry on and all that (laughs) shit was funny but anyway i was surprised how fair it attempted to be but ultimately explored the dark side of wrestling rather predictably yes like it kind of Maybe it's not predictable in 1999 that it will go dark. But anyway, very interesting that this stuff was being covered in 1999. That's what I will say. It's it's interesting what a serious look they were doing at this period of time. It's true. It's true. But I guess the lesson here is that wrestling is a business that tries to make money. They can do that off of kids that bug their parents for the merch and all the toys and to watch the show. Anything can have a negative influence on kids, in my opinion. It doesn't have to be wrestling, but that was the product that was really mainstream during that period of time. Like we even said in the beginning of the show, Vince McMahon is a very defensive asshole sometimes. Yes, and he was here. He came across here particularly as unempathetic. Yeah. Even Which, Bischoff seemed better, but then he did that weird thing with the place in, yeah. in, in Portland, and I was like, what? No, again, we don't know what Vince said that wasn't used here. There could have been instances of Vince being interviewed where he's like, I understand the parents' reaction. You right. know what I'm saying, My right? point is he should have never said the things that they <laughs> yeah. were able to even clip him to say. Right, that's a good point. Why did he say that? But, again, when you're making that much money and you're on top of the world, I guess you don't really care. One way or another, I wish I never watched this, but thanks, Michael. <laughs> again, we listen to our fans even when they... Uh, ask us to review things that aren't good. So, Mike Olson, we love you a real love lot. You, I really do. Yep. You're a great contributor on the board. But this was this left me on a downer, man. And there's really not what a much. Way to end the yeah, season. There's not much I can do to pick it back up. Cheers to another season. <laughs> Other than say, in all seriousness, thank you guys for being a part of OVP by listening when you do, by tweeting, by being a part of the Facebook group. Uh, if you're a patron, thank you very much. We really 
truly, honestly appreciate that we have our fans that understand our perspective on wrestling, which is not to be journalists, mm-hmm. not to pick apart the serious issues, but to pick apart the humorous issues, such as what Gorilla Monsoon says at WrestleMania 6 and things like that. Right. Oh, there it is! That's what OVP is really all about. And thank you guys for being with us for as long as you have, whether it's been a couple of weeks or all these years. Reminder that next week will be a break episode. It'll be something different. In two weeks, we'll be back to kick off a brand new season with a brand new Royal Flush and Royal Rankings, a new opening segment, and we'll still be reviewing stuff. But thank you guys again so much for being with us here. We just want to remind you that if you want to donate and get the extra content, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Check out our friends of the show and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join the group. But until next week for our break episode, thank you so much for being with us here. I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. And we'll be back next week. See ya. Thank you so much for being with us. I am Michael Quinn. Well, that outro is finished. Where did you even start? Lovely. Well... Welcome to the blooper reel I for this season. Quinn. Scunny and scunny. Sunny. Scunny. <laughs> but folks, uh, we have... I have no idea what to say. This might make the blooper reel. Okay. It smells like attic in here now. Like, as soon as that opened up. More promo... More promo... More promotional... Cons- ah! For this WWF Championship Wrestling. Sorry. This is w- <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Follow us. This is a good start. Yeah. And find out who drew number two. And find out who drew number three. We're here to start your weekend. Or- weekend. Weekend. Time to restart the whole show. <laughs> Shut up. So this is the name spelled Susan. Is it is it S T or is it like full spelled out Saint in in real life? Saint. It's not S T. It's not an abbreviated name. I don't know. No, I do know. What do you mean? I don't know. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. All right. And this leads to a special on MTV called the War. I have it in front of me, and I still still said it wrong. Yes. So our movement doesn't look like we're ghosts or whatever. Yeah, we will uh, ghoul. Yeah, ghoul. A little higher quality, if you will. Higher quality ghoul. I believe it is time, Quinn, to go down to our ring announcer. Let's go down. The one and only Melissimos Patrissimos Santissimos. That's definitely her name. Totally. There's more to come, obviously, folks. Wrong song. <laughs> so far, so good. I mean, there's more to come, obviously. What? Am I serious? What? I don't know I don't what know you're what doing. 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 doing.